Better boy, Andy, whoever you are. You idiot. You fairy. a long time okay and you've been on the show for a million years let me right. ask you this when, when's the last time i did this show and i just i was speechless uh i don't remember no ever ever, ever? never speechless i yeah. don't know what to say today five <laughs> minutes to ten this morning right before the show starts muff Lindsay, our um one of the few people in the building who actually pays any attention mm. to the show and recognizes that we're on the air right and about the only person in the sales department maybe one or two others but that's about it who um, makes any effort on our behalf on this mm -hmm. show, mm -hmm. came in and told me something so unbelievable. Outrageous. Yeah. Unacceptable. <laughs> Unfathomable. <laughs> Unreal. Am I right? Yeah. And then I, uh, so I Googled something on there during, as soon as he finished telling me that amazing piece of news. I Googled it, and it took me like all of 10 seconds to find the thing that I just faxed to you. Don't you find that most interesting? It's uh, it's interesting and funny. Only us. It's not funny. It's pathetic. Well, it's uh, it's unacceptable is what it is. Huh. The audience is thinking, well, what, what is this man talking about? Has he totally lost it? I'll tell you, not totally, but I'm right on the edge, man. No sé si ir al baño o darle cuerda a mi reloj. I don't know whether to scream or uh, peel a banana. <laughs> wow. It's just, it's just shocking. But like you said, it's typical. Typical sure. of schlock. And, of course, our management would be saying, Oh, well, you, you're wrong, Neil. Chris Jones just got an award, and our sales department is... Uh, the billing is blah, 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 blah. You know something? Anybody can write business. Right. Anybody can write monkey business. Close and collect. That, that's it. Close and collect. Do. Put it on the log, baby. Put it on the board. Like the hawk would say, that moron, the hawk. Put it on the board. You know, it's. Uh, I think I think that's a good idea. You know, once in a while we do these shows about your favorite businesses that are no longer around, that are out of business. Let's start doing spots for businesses that are no longer in business. Not a good idea. Uh huh. 
<laughs> I think it's a great. plan. Yeah, we could write sliders. We could do all kinds of things. Yeah. I want to do psychic reading Might personally. Well, I'm going to do live spots for businesses that don't exist anymore because we don't have any other live spots. There's zero today. None. And that's because our sales manager doesn't recognize that this show exists. We don't. They don't talk about this show. Right. You know, even with that eight share in the last book. Oh, well, that's not a sports show. What's that got to do with, the, with college hoops, baby, with the hurricanes and with the, all this other huzzerai? This this is just beyond description. I, I may just lay down on the floor and collapse. Well, don't do that till two. Why not? Till two. Come on, the show must go on. Yeah, you could do it. Oh yeah. Here's George. I'm all stuffy. Yeah, <laughs> let's talk about my bogeys. About your what? My bogeys, man. My mucus. Your boogies? Yeah, I'm the boogeyman. That's what I am. Mm-hmm. I think the boogeyman was just in there. <laughs> You know, I, I really, I would love to tell the story on the air. I don't, no, I don't, no, no. You know what? One not. day, some days, you save it up because, uh, you know, once uh, once uh, it's gone, it's gone. When it's, yeah, then you'll be able to tell the story. <laughs> you'll want Woo! this material later, I'm sure. It is just, and, and the, the amazing part of it is he didn't seem like all that shocked at what he was telling well, me. Yeah, he was like, well, no, he had a concerned look on his face, but uh, I don't know if shock was uh, was the word for it. I'm beyond shocked. I'm just, I'm just in disbelief. Beside yourself. And of course, this is a sales guy, Andy. I, I don't know who he is. If it's Andy Devine, Andy, uh, young guy. I don't know. Yeah, this is the first time that I, I, as far as I know, that he sold something on the show. Did he ever come into the studio? Did he ever speak to us? He's a, any... uh, I think uh, we introduced him over the microphone to you. Really? Once, yeah. When, when was he, that? When, when he was new, a long time ago. Oh, he's been there a long time. Months. Uh huh. Well, let me just say this for all you poor bastards out there who've gone out of business. Andy's going to be knocking on your door soon. He's going to go around. He's going to sign up a whole bunch of people who are no longer in business. <laughs> Maybe that's his specialty. Maybe he writes sliders. I have no right. idea. Well, you know, every salesperson has their specialty. You know, this one's national. This one likes to do this right. one. You know, maybe that's mm -hmm. his bag there, out of business. That's businesses. his bag. He writes orders businesses. for businesses that no longer exist. I'm going to Google that thing again, and I'm going to... Find some uh, more crap. That was just the first thing I found. Okay. Thanks to you. All right. I'm going to Here's take some more pills. Here's the poll yesterday. Which of these best describes Neil? We had 1,166 votes. That's not too bad. Is it, Chris? Not too bad. Now, were, you, were you sitting there when Duff was telling me this? Yeah. Where else would I be? So do you think I'm overreacting? Um, no, not really. Are you shocked? A little. Do you know who this Andy a-hole is? Uh, no. Oh. Which of these best describes Neil? Funny. wasn't even on there, and it zoomed to the top and went overwhelming. How do you like that? He's a really funny guy. Not too funny today, <laughs> because I just had some newsman that would just... I mean, it doesn't affect uh, our lives, but it's just pathetic. It's embarrassing, humiliating, degrading, unprofessional, shocking, schlock. Funny, 209. Fearless, 170. Bold, 159. Full of Schmidt, 151. I got news for you, man. When it comes to Fuller Schmidt, that's where I'm working. Fuller Schmidt. This is this place specializes in that category. Fuller Schmidt. Relentless 109. Gay 74. Daring 73. Brazen 40. Thin Skin 40. You should live so long. Arrogant 33. Obnoxious. About 30, man. Hateful 22. Boring 18. Conniving 10. Rude 9. Disgusting 5. Distasteful 5. Selfish 5. Thoughtless 2. Obscene 2. Now let me see if I can find in my pile the original. You said it was March 12, 2001? 
Oh, if I uh, am slow to respond, it's because I'm in the middle of a coughing spell or something. Oh, and you but put could, belly aching about I'm just your warning you. mucus for I mean, I could leave the uh, microphone on. Like, you like can enjoy it, too. He's always sick. This right. man's like, yeah. oh, I got mucus, I got the Schmitz, I got Whatever the Joyce's, I got... Yeah. Oh, okay. You're a mess. Uh-huh. Well, join the club. Now, I'm looking back at the first time. Look at that. First time we did the poll in 2001. That's seven years ago, almost to the day. We had 1,186 votes. This time we had 1,166 Boring. Back then we had 32 votes, this time 18. So back in the uh, seven years ago, 2.6%, only 1.5. I guess that's because most of the people that can't handle the bedtime stories, they're already gone, you know. Once they're gone, once they're gone, they're gone. They're gone. I don't know. Maybe that's not it. Or maybe they just don't find it boring. Maybe they find it fascinating. Barack Obama is going to be speaking at 10.15. I think we ought to create a whole speech, but we won't. I mean, you know, it would be nice if we could do that, but we got spots to put on there, and some of them are for businesses that are still open for business. <laughs> you know, I've been doing this 400 years, and when you think you've seen it all, when you think you've seen everything and uh-huh. experienced everything that this Surprise. business could bring you, and then all of a sudden something like this happens, and you th- you think to yourself, uh, what? what? What did you just tell me? <laughs> are you rubbing your ears? Here's our, our poll today on NeilRogers.com. Who do you think will be the next president? Not who you're pulling for, not who you're rooting right. for, who you're voting for. Who do you think will be the next president? 331 votes. It's on there. Very, it's very weak. You want to know why, Chris? Because I put it on there late last night. And because, uh, Eric, I have no idea where he was. I kept trying to fax it to him. For about three hours I was trying to fax, and it was busy, busy, busy. I couldn't fax it to him. And I finally got it to go through, and... Um, we went on there late. So that's a good excuse, okay? Okay. Who do you think will be the next president? Barack Obama's got 138. John McCain, 91. Don't know, 46. Swillery Clinton's got 42 and don't care, 14. She's way down there. She's got less than 13% of the vote in this crowd. And you're probably thinking, well, that's because you're always calling her Swillery. And I, too bad. Too freaking bad, okay? Too stinking bad. Anyway, let's do a live spot for a place that's no longer in business. Hey, how about Piccolo's on South Beach, man? That was a great Italian restaurant. Mmm. Yeah. Manja Manja. You start don't remember Piccolo's? No. We're going to start doing spots for them? Yeah. <laughs> in fact, let's wait until uh, next month and uh, on, April, on April Fool's Day, we can do some spots for the Rascal House just before they go out of business, before they become the Epicure Market. So if anybody out there has got a business that went under, that, you know, failed... Maybe it was a good business. Maybe you had good food or good merchandise, whatever, good prices. Uh, maybe you want to fax us in, and we'll, we'll start doing some spots for businesses that no longer exist. Biggest names. The and we'll be bullying you, by the way. Watch the mail. The Sports Leader. This station stands for nothing. New on Fox, from the creators of Dancing with the Stars. Don't forget to dance with me. Rosie O'Donnell, Cameron Manheim, and Kirstie Alley bear it all in Lap Dancing with the Stars. Lap Dancing with the Stars. This time you're going to do it standing up in the shower, acting like you're Mel Gibson in Braveheart. I have one heck of a backhand. It's Faux Frontal Nausea, only on Fox. If you get off me, I'll slip you an extra Ben Franklin. Wow, 10.15 at 5.60 WQM. I'm just printing out right now, and I will fax to you during the next break. I'll fax to you another. Oh, okay. I just, uh, you know, the thing that you sent me, I sent it to the... 
to the back there for them to be amused by it too. To the back? You know, to the back room. Back to the boiler rooms, you know? Yeah. So that they could appreciate that as well, because, you know, it was funny. <laughs> well, if you thought that was funny, wait till you oh, see the, the next one. It's <laughs> <laughs> Too bad I can't be specific on the air about what this is. Yeah, well, audience. one day. People out there would be peeing in their pants. They would just be in hysteria, okay? But that's our sales department for you. Andy, you're on top of it, baby. Let me suggest you get over to the Rascal House right now and uh, get a whole bunch of stuff set for, uh, like, May and June would be good. Write up a big order. Too bad Larry Kent is dead, you know. He, he could give a, a seminar on writing sliders, you know. For the benefit of the audience who doesn't know what that means, it's salespeople write orders that never really uh, were agreed to by the business mm -hmm. in the first place. Sliders. Fake orders for spots. Larry was great at that. Need some money? Need some money? <laughs> 300 bucks. He had this quack um, doctor of some kind he wanted me to put on the air on my show, and he paid me 300 bucks to put him on the air. I said, I don't uh, need it that bad, right. Larry. That was Larry Kent. He's dead now. The Lord uh, offed him. Speaking of polls, Barack Obama and Hillary Clinton would both statistically tie Republican John McCain in a general election matchup. The brand new CNN Opinion Research Corporation poll indicates all the polls all the time. Wow. According to the poll released this morning, both Obama and Clinton are locked in a dead heat with the Arizona senator with a crazy man. That's not That doesn't bode too well. The economy's going to hell in a handbasket. The dollar ain't worth a nickel. Gas cost 80 bucks to uh, fill up your tank. The war is still going on, the longest war in uh, recent memory. Five years plus coming up. And uh, and this is a crazy person who talks about bomb, 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 bomb. He's a nut, a nut job. And he's locked in a dead heat. If Obama would win the nomination, he'd win uh, 47 to 46 for McCain, a statistical tie given a poll's three percentage point margin. Should Swillery win, she'd get 49, McCain 47, another statistical tie, almost exactly the same margin. While Clinton and Obama match up equally with McCain, CNN polling director Keating Holland notes the two Democrats appear to be drawing support from different groups of voters. Clinton appears to do better than Obama among older voters, women and self-identified Democrats against McCain. Obama's numbers may be slightly better among younger voters and those who describe themselves as Republicans and independents. The poll also shows all three presidential candidates get high marks from voters on the issue of the economy. Roughly two-thirds of those surveyed say each of the candidates would do a good job handling the issue. That appears to be given a good news for McCain, given the incumbent president party is often blamed for economic woes. And, of course, it doesn't mention in the story that McCain said he don't know nothing about the economy. And then he said, oh, I didn't mean that, like that. Let me do that spot now, by the way. Hey, don't forget to fill out your brackets for the tournament. Just log on to WQM.com. Register to play Hoops Hysteria. It's college hoops, baby. It's March Madness. Anybody uh, interested? No. I'm sure not. Picks can be made round by round, and bonus points are given for picking up sets. That's Hoops Hysteria online at WQM.com, where I'm sure we'll also find some really nifty uh, promos for places that are no, no longer in business. You know, he, he told me that, and it's just... Yeah. I, I, it's like... A, Did your a vision surreal, change? Did you see plaid? Did you see spots before? Like uh, a surreal experience. <laughs> like, this man can't be saying this. Can't be saying these things, you know? This man can't be saying... What? This man can't be saying... He can't be saying these things. Yeah. Saying. Wow. Setting the stage for a contentious fight well into the summer. Now, it's 1019. Where's Barack Obama? I thought his speech was at 1015. CNN's doing spots. 
and MSNBC. Oh, he's not there yet. The politics he did. Now, we should not try to rationalize this by saying that you would find that in, in, the, in the majority of black churches. You simply would not. If you go to West Angeles Church of God in Christ in Los Angeles, Bishop Charles... Oh, who the hell cares for crying out loud? But, you know, they'll, they'll come up with something to nail him to the cross. This is preacher's a crazy person. Boy, that's your unusual, isn't it? Oh, yeah. Setting the stage for a contentious fight well into the summer, Florida Democrats gave up yesterday on redoing their January 29th presidential primary, leaving it to the National Party arrivals Hillary Clinton and Barack Obama to hammer out a solution to make the state's delegates count. Florida Democrats, who already closed the door on holding a full-scale convention election or caucus, scrapped the controversial vote-by-mail primary when they had proposed less than a week ago as their best option, saying it is uh, impossible. Incredible. That, too. Not possible. While your reasons vary widely, the consensus is clear. Florida doesn't want to vote again, so we won't, Florida Democratic Party chairwoman Karen Thurman said late yesterday in a letter to Florida Democrats. You don't want to, we won't. The move came as Michigan Democrats inch closer to resolving their outsider status by staging a privately funded state-administered primary vote, leaving Florida, as usual, as possibly the only state that won't weigh in on the most competitive campaign in decades. As usual, Florida's the odd state out. Ooh. Is that unusual? No. No. Just, just think back to the judge with his eye popping out of his head, looking at that hanging chad, staring up at it there in Palm Beach. Think of those old Jews voting for Pat Buchanan who thought they were voting for Al Gore. Think of Teresa Lepore and their butterfly ballot. Think of Catherine Harris in that plane crashing. The failure of Florida to come up with another means for selecting delegates augurs a continued standoff over its delegates, and perhaps if neither candidate can clinch the nomination, a divisive floor fight at the convention over whether to seat the delegates based on the bogus January 29th results. The Democratic, it's just, this is almost as surreal as the Duff story. They had the, they went ahead, the DNC stripped them of their uh, uh, seating the delegates at the convention. They said, no, you didn't abide by party rules. Michigan and Florida, you're out. This, this is a bogus election. No, everybody agreed they weren't going to campaign there. Swillery's the only one that showed up, actually, uh, like on Election Day or the couple days before. Everybody else, you know, like in Michigan, everybody else pulled off the ballot, not her. And now she says, oh, I want the delegates from Michigan. I mean, talk about crooks. The Democratic National Committee stripped both states of delegates for moving up their primaries in violation of national party rules. But Swillery, who trails Obama delegates, but one Florida and Michigan after the candidates agreed not to campaign in the two renegade states, has pushed to recognize the two states. And I guarantee if she'd lost in both states, she'd say, oh, no, this ain't fair. That Schwarzer ain't playing by the rules. Clinton's campaign Monday said the state's party decision brings us no closer to counting the votes of the nearly 1.7 million people who voted in January and called on Obama's campaign to share its belief that Florida's voters must be counted and cannot be disenfranchised. I can't wait. I wanna, I'm going to uh, whistle a tune for take 10 seconds for me to fax you this uh, page. Okay? Yeah. Now why should I whistle? We got the pros. Exactly. Not to mention time up. You hear that? It's beeping. It's dialing your uh, fax machine, Mom. Oops. I'm, uh, and it'll be coming through there, hopefully. Receiving uh, page one. You are? How I can are, you be receiving page one when I haven't sent it yet? Maybe it's, it's, some, it has it's something else. It's not me. All right. Then You're getting else. a fax? Maybe it's, an, it's a guy that's out of business that wants me to do a live spot for him. I mean, obviously, nobody who's in business months wants me to do that. Who the hell wants my endorsement? That's okay. I can handle it. Long as the checks keep coming in, there you go. Beep. Got that? Can you hear it? No, I don't. Uh, mine doesn't can't make hear that noise. Can you hear that fax sound in the background? Oh, that's right. Your ears are plugged up from all the drugs. Right. 
I think drugs cause a lot of bad acne, too, is what I, I was reading about that. Is Sometimes, that from... yeah. Oh. Must be just a coincidence. I guess not. <coughs> Uh-oh, what's that? What? Who is that? Me. Oh, boy. George is ill and bad. Okay, you're going to be getting that fax now, and I want you to take a peek at it. If you thought the other one was funny, I mean, this one's not as funny, but if you, you know, well, put the other one and this one together, it kind of compounds the situation. Well, medical insurance, that's what came through before. Here's yours. Wait. Oh, another, uh... Another one. Okay. No, no, no. This is the other page that uh, that you sent me. It's not the one that I sent you? Yeah, no, no. This is it. No, this is it. This is it. And read it. Ice water. Not out loud. Not out loud. <laughs> See? He's chuckling already. I knew you'd find it amusing. <laughs> Oh you my gotta, God! You gotta take all of that stuff in the back in that room you're talking about, and, and uh, give I'm it to Andy. Okay? Sure. And tell Andy to wipe his ass with it. Would be a good idea. Oh God! Unreal, unacceptable, unbelievable. Believable. Oh God! Typical though, typical schlock. Like it says on that sign on the wall in that studio where George is sitting right now. Just give us the effing money, baby. Even if you're out of business, give us the effing money. This is just. Uh, yeah, I just, didn't I just come back from vacation or did I dream that? No, you were on First vacation. That was That's it. I had a yeah. whole day. Yeah. What? No, you're on vacation. That's time to work, man. 378 votes on our poll today on neilrogers.com. Who do you think will be the next president? There's that a-hole Joe Scarborough, man. What a what a turd he is. A turd on a chair. Joe, I think the one phrase among all of the um, incendiary, inflammatory phrases we've heard since Friday, I think the one that um, is most troublesome for Senator when Reverend Wright said, no, 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 not God bless America, God damn America. You cannot... Now how come they're all saying that and we can't say that? How come they're saying it? Because it's well, a news story? Joyce. What? Joyce. Joyce what? There's nothing wrong with that word. The FCC hasn't had a problem. I didn't with say it. there was. That right. was, uh, yeah. Right, right. Only Joyce has Who a problem. Who do you think will that. be the next president? We got 378 votes. What's our goal today, Chris? 600? Oh, about 650. Now. What? 650. 650. Uh, you're reaching for the stars now. Hey, guys. You're reaching for the old cockamoon. Happy Purim, by the way. It's not uh, here yet, but a couple of days. Happy Purim. Happy St. Patty's Day. It's already over, and probably a lot of people all hung over from it, too. 381, Barack Obama, 155, 40.6%. John McCain, 105, 27.5%. Don't know, 54. Hillary Clinton, 51, only 13.3%. And don't care, 16. We don't care. And you want to know why? Because they don't want it. It's like our sales department. They could sell the show, but you know what? They don't want it. Not the place still in business. Salespeople are ice holes. Hello, Governor. Me to introduce myself. I'm Britney Spears, are you? Now, it's come to my attention that a bunch of blokes is running about saying I've got a fake British accent. Bollocks. It's a bunch of bloody cunts, Wallop, it is. I'm as American as kidney pie. If I hear one more wanker complaining about me, Cockney, there's going to be a right dust up and Bob's your uncle. Pip, pip, cheerio, and bugger off the lot of you. 1031 at 560. That's exactly my sentiments, honey. That's just exactly Bugger the off. message I want to send right now. What? Bugger off the lot of you? That's correct. I, I'm serious. I was just about to say that. Bugger off the lot of you. <laughs> that includes Norma Kent. You know, yesterday, remember I read that uh, bulletin from Inside Radio about um, the FCC mm -hmm. and about the Supreme Court is going to take up the um, 
question of indecency and the, whether the FCC has the authority to do this and that and all these uh, accidental expletives that slip out, you know, and all that stuff. Remember that? Yep. So I get yesterday afternoon in a text message, an email from Norma Kent, and guess what it was about? Oh, I thought you wanted to know about this, uh, like, you know, like we didn't already have it on the air. Was there anything in there about, like, my livelihood or your livelihood or about uh, anything uh, of any substance? No. No, of course not. Of course not. So bugger off, Norma. And as far as this place is concerned, bugger off the Ladia. My God, that thing is... No, seriously, I, I've never heard of such a thing. I, I'm trying to figure out a way to tell the audience what happened this no, morning. No, no, you'll have a chance at some point. Why? Well, because uh, one way or another we'll get a resolution. No, no, you don't understand. Even mm-hmm. if the place is still in business, I'm not, I'm not uh, getting involved with no, it. No, I know, I know. I'm not, uh, I'm not endorsing right. schlock just because, so they can put a few bucks on the, on the uh, log. No way. Not that we haven't had some schlock on, but I mean, you know, all the good accounts that we ever had on this show, they're long gone. Nice job, by the way, Brian Schmutz. You're doing it, baby, and then everybody else. They've parlayed everything that I ever had. Took 32 years to build it up, and they've just uh, destroyed it. It's all vanished. But hey, Neil, you like to do this place? It sucks, but how about doing this? And we're not really sure if they're in business anymore. We're not sure if they're in business anymore. Has anybody in the human race, in the history of this business, ever heard of such a thing? Never! I've seen sliders, and believe you me, you, you know as well as I do, over the years we've encountered salespeople from hell, most of them. Fat Boy, Petey Lenny, I mean, some of the most unbelievably indescribable schlockmeisters in history. Am I right? Yep. Now, what's this that you just faxed? Uh, Larry yeah. Glick is still alive. Well, that's good news. You were uh, saying something. And also the little Howard David spy report there. Says, I thought you didn't read the article about Larry Glick. Also, did you know Howard David was on one of those new sports radio stations as host for Sporting News Radio? All right. The Momeister. Right. I couldn't have said it better myself, Mo. Larry Glick, the man, the myth, the legend, is spending his golden years as Goodwill Ambassador for Legal Seafood's restaurant at Town Center in Boca. He's still alive. Glick has been at his post for seven years, so it's conceivable some people merely see him as a friendly old guy hanging out and kibitzing with customers. Fraternizing with customers, telling jokes, asking about the meal quality are all part of Glick's job description, but there was a time when hundreds of thousands of listeners in 37 states and Canada hung on Larry's every word. Larry Glick is a pioneer of talk show radio. He launched his first free-form talk show on WINZ in Miami in 1960. I never knew that. But it was at the powerhouse station WBZ in Boston, WBZ Radio 103, baby, that he became the voice of New England for 30 years. About 30, man. From 63 to 93. He was on overnights. I called Larry on the air a few times, as a matter of fact. I used to get calls from Canada all over the South and the Midwest. Click recalled recently over lunch at Legal Seafood. I still do a remote every once in a while for WBZ from my house in Boca. That's the way to do it, Larry. Does it say anything in here about his lemonade stands? No. Glick turns 86 May 16, though you'd never guess it. He has the energy and enthusiasm of a man half his age. I bet you Larry never did a spot for a place that wasn't in business. He credits part of his secret to his fourth wife, Lisa, 27 years his junior. We've been married 20 years, he says proudly. Lisa is from Israel, and she has her own beauty salon. I think it helps that she has a career of her own. Larry Glick is the very definition of a colorful character. He was born with a gift of gab. He's used it to his advantage all his life. A veteran of four and a half years of World War II, Glick used the GI Bill to go back to college and study broadcasting. 
I originally wanted to study criminology, become an FBI agent, he confines, but the injuries I got in combat disqualified me from the physical. My parents would like me to become a doctor or at least an accountant, but I wasn't smart enough. Glick's education was interrupted by another year of service when he volunteered to fight for the creation of the state of Israel in 48. He uh, stayed a full year and even lived in the kibbutz. Later in life, Glick returned to Israel many times, leading tour groups in the Gaza Territory, and he, he's still alive. He's been to Israel ten times. He says, I lead 30 to 40 people as a tour guide, and he's still alive. Glick has done a little bit of everything in his long career. He once owned an FM radio station in Jacksonville, but after two years he had to walk away from it and declare bankruptcy. He's a trained hypnotist and performed a stage act for 25 years. He began working in radio at $50 a week, and by the time he retired was making a quarter million dollars a year. Glick was just too active to retire when his friend Roger Berkowitz offered him a job in Boca. Glick agreed with three conditions. I was good friends with Roger in Boston, he explains. We used to work together at the gym. It was Roger who dreamed up the title Goodwill Ambassador. It sounds more dignified than greeter. I told Roger I'd do the job on three conditions. No boss, no set hours, and a decent wage. He agreed, and I'm still loving it after seven years. Glick works from uh, 6 to 8 p.m. nightly except Sunday, though he usually sticks around a little longer. What does this have to do with Moe? I don't see anything about Moe in here. By the, uh, the top little paragraph there. Oh, the top part that I already read. script, yeah. Oh, Sporting News Radio. Sporting this radio. I beg your pardon? How's it going? Sporting a Woody? Yeah. No, you can't say that. We get joist again. We can say, gosh dang. Uh, You know, this speech was supposed to start at 10.15, and they keep showing the stage, and there's a bunch of American flags back there and a podium. Most important speech of his candidacy. When he does that, we will be here. We also, of course, are following more breaking news in Charlotte, North Carolina. Uh There's a hazmat situation. That's what the wires are saying right now. At the Charlotte Douglas Airport, it involves an Airbus plane. Details are just now starting to filter into us. When we have inf- more information, we will pass that on to you. But when we come, yeah, pass this, pass gas, okay, Joe? Get out of our face. Sounds like that. Uh, maybe it's not. I don't know. Sounds like that pasty-faced Joe Scarborough to me. Could be. Four hundred eight votes. What's our goal today? Four ten. Uh, six fifty. Oh yeah. I, I guess I'm the only one that was so. Um, Overwhelmed by that. I'm, I've been numb to this place for a while here. I'm, nothing surprises me anymore. Although that was a good one. Don't do the spot. Mm, yeah, we're yeah. not sure that they're in right. business. Right. I hope. I hope. I don't want to be responsible if people are driving off the road. I didn't make this story up. I, you know, I got a wild imagination, but even I couldn't make up anything like this. I'm not going to say the account or anything like that because that would be not kosher because uh, we don't know what the story is. Although after those two things I faxed to you, it, you know, I think we have a pretty good idea what the story is. Andy, you idiot, you simpleton, you fairy, Jesus, K. Christ, and you're telling me that this guy actually see this is the kind of involvement we have uh, with the radio with the uh, sales department. No, not much, if at all. None, none. Other than Dan, they've got what, about 400 salespeople working there now? It's like a boiler room back there. It's like a freaking boiler room. Chris Jones won an award for uh, blah, 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 blah. Oh, yeah, he's really doing something, y'all. He, y'all come back now. He's doing it. He sure done it for us. To us. 414 votes on our very famous poll. It's not scientific, unless you want. Well, let's say it's scientific. 416. Who do you think? will be the next president. Not who do you want, not who you're going to vote for, not who you're hoping for, not who you're pulling for. Barack Obama, 167. He's going to speak one of these days. John McCain, 116. Don't know, 58. Hillary Clinton, 55. Don't care, 20. Don't care, 20. How do you like that? Those, must, those people must have a money. Bag. 
Marcus Mann. The best talent. This is Neil Rogers. Sports Radio 560 QAM. The sports leader. Only in the Banana Republic, baby. Only in Miami. I don't want to go on a lynching party against Michelle Obama unless... Well, Fox, Bill O'Reilly's a purveyor of hate. Green tooth rednecks think he's great. The other night, Bill did what he does best. I don't want to go on a lynching party against Michelle Obama unless... Hang him, hang him. Take Bill O'Reilly and hang him. Hang him from the highest tree. Oh! One less Neil Confrey. <laughs> One more time. <laughs> well, O'Reilly ain't no darn I miss. Only right wingers can say things like this. Throws a knife at Obama's wife. I don't want to go on a lynching party against Michelle Obama unless. Hang him, hang him. Take Bill O'Reilly and hang him. Hang the fat ass from a tree. With less neocon freak. <laughs> One more time. <laughs> I'd like to tie him to the back of my big old fold and drag his tasty ass down a gravel road. Make him wince, wrench and twist, till his hair off the flesh off a son of a bitch. Hang him, hang him, take Bill O'Reilly and hang him. Hang his white ass from a tree. Crack him. Neocon freak. <laughs> Only on 560 WQAM. Don't do that spot. We're not sure if they're still in business. I, I still can't. I can't comprehend it. I can't oh. fathom it. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. How do you not know if somebody's in business or not? I don't know, you knock on the door and they're not answering, so you don't know. You ring the, the phone and you get The sign says this open, but the door's locked, you know, yeah. so it's like, well, are you open or aren't you? You know, I don't know. There's like a padlock on the door? <laughs> One of those yellow pieces of paper. This number's been disconnected and don't hold your breath for it to be reconnected. Like that. You get that recording, you know, when you call? Yeah. Oh, my God. Now, has anybody said anything about this since... Uh, this is all blown open, or is it just uh, just me hyperventilating? Is that it? Uh, no, no. I mean, it's uh, it's unusual. <laughs> no, no. I'm not talking about whether it's unusual or not. Is anybody in the building addressing uh, no, no, the issue? No, I mean, I don't know what's going on on the other side of the building, but not in this corner. You know what goes on in this corner, right? Sports. Yeah. Wow. Anyway, let's move along, okay? Because if I dwell on it too long, I'm definitely not going to finish the show today. I'm, I, during this last break, I was just envisioning, I had a vision of myself in about six months, sitting on a street corner here with a tin cup. Spare some change, mister. <laughs> Have a nice day, eh? Now, do you, um, like, can you play the harmonica? Do you know how to do a soft shoe? No, but I better start learning. A little, uh, you know, guitar. I better start learning how to do these things. Saxophone. All of these things. Yeah. Shoe I know shine. the saxophone. At least I used to, once upon a time. Can you do a shoe shine? You got a shoe shine kit? No, I don't do no shoe shine. How about a spit shine? Yeah, spit on this. Easy. The majority of Democrats would like to see Barack Obama rather than Hillary Clinton win their party's presidential nomination, according to another new national poll out yesterday. Boy, there's so many polls, man, and so little time. 
52% of registered Democrats questioned a new CNN Opinion Research Corporation survey say Obama's there. He's going to be speaking in one of these minutes, but they still got the podium up there. It was going to be 10.15. It's only 10.48. Maybe he's on Mexican time. Uh, 52% said Obama's their choice, with 45% supporting Swillery. The poll also suggests Democrats are more enthusiastic about an Obama victory, 45%, than a victory by Swillery, only 38%. The two remaining major candidates uh, are locked in a fierce battle. We know that, okay? Don't, don't give us on CNN uh, the obvious, okay? Don't keep restating the obvious. The same patterns that we've been seeing in recent exit polls are holding true for Democrats nationwide as well. Obama's biggest support comes from men, younger voters, and independents who lean Democratic. Clinton does best among women, older voters, and whites. One interesting difference, unlike the exit polls in many states, there's no difference in the national poll between college-educated Democrats and those who never attended college. Of course, that whole business about attending college. I mean, like, do, do I say I attended college? I enrolled in college. I was at Michigan State. I went to a few classes, not too many, and I drank a lot of Meister Brow and slept in every morning. I went to, I don't know, maybe 50 classes in uh, the four semesters I was there. I went to summer oh. school. I actually went to class during summer school. I wonder why. I don't know. I don't know. I guess most of my friends were, like, not in summer school, and so I didn't have anybody to drink with all night, and so I'd get up and go to class. What else are you going to do in the summertime, right? Go to class in the daytime, and my friend uh, John from Detroit would be sitting on the sitting on the stoop of Abbott Hall at Michigan State. I know it's a girl's dorm during the regular, uh, but not in summertime. Neil was in a girl's dorm, yeah. And anyway, he'd be sitting there with the Detroit Free Press. When I come back from my last class, he'd have the sports section open to the entries from Hazel Park, the racing entries. Joe Marsh Jr.'s got eight tonight. All right, let's go. You know, And somehow I'd scrounge up 50 bucks. I don't know how. I used to pawn my tape recorder. I had an old WebCore tape recorder. Really? And I would take it to the pawn shop and get like 50 bucks or whatever. I don't know how much I'd get for it. Probably not 50 Probably more like eight man. And uh, go to the track and lose it, you know. I remember one time coming back, just had barely enough gas to make it back to East Lansing. It was pretty exciting. Could have gotten out on the street corner. Spare some change, mister. It's a good uh, good technique to have, man. It's a good trade to have. In, in great economic times, in bad times, you know, in between, whatever. No matter what's going on, it always uh, got enough spare change there for a couple of burgers and stuff like that. Especially like at Royal Castle. I wonder if Wayne ever reopened. Don't try calling us, Wayne. We don't answer the phone. Chris is fat and lazy. You don't want to answer the phone. Say what? You heard what I said. I mean, do we ever get any calls that you take off the air? I mean, I'm not taking any on the air. (laughs) What are you laughing about? Oh, I just thought of something funny. Yeah. What? Don't do the spot because we're not right there in business? (laughs) Get out of my head. Don't do the spot. Because we're not sure if they're still in business, okay? And then he tells me, oh, don't, don't go public with this. Yeah, right, don't go public, my ass. Are you a crazy person oh, geez. or what? Don't go public. Talk about embarrassed and humiliated. That's me, mister. There, there, there's no embarrassment anymore. You know, once upon a time I had credibility. Remember that? I used to talk about Boca right. Burgers and those sure. little... Sure, um, sure. Yeah. Ben and Jerry's fish food, and immediately everybody in South Florida would be running out to buy it. Can't complain about my credibility now because I don't have any because I work here. Credibility? What's that? Chris Jones don't know nothing about credibility. All we know about is uh, you know running up a lot of spots. I notice we don't have any of those five-second uh, jobs anymore. Remember that? Yep. I've never seen anything like it. We, we used to have breaks with like 75 units. Uh, they would add up to four minutes only because that's all they're allowed. But a couple of fives, a few tens, a couple of two-second spots. Grace school. 
Oh, can't say house. We don't have time for a house. <laughs> don't do the spot. <laughs> it's, it just can't. This can't have happened. It cannot oh, have happened. It did. It's like when I woke up in a hotel in Montreal a quarter to five in the morning. I thought I heard all that racket in the hallway and somebody yelling my name. Remember I told you that story? Mm-hmm. I don't want to tell it on the air. And then a minute later, I put my head back on a pillow and the phone rang. And it wasn't. It wasn't my imagination. It was more Mexican hysteria, baby. It never ends. It never stops. 436 votes in our poll. What's our goal? 440, I think. Is that what Chris said? 440. Don't okay. start pushing with any big numbers in there, okay? We got real issues today at QAM. Nearly three-quarters of all Americans think the economy is in a recession, according to a national poll released yesterday. Another poll. Jesus K. Christ. And by the way, Barack still ain't out there. He's almost an hour late. For this speech, it was supposed to be 11.15, or 10.15. Now, it looks like maybe maybe he's on the central time, you know, in Illinois. You know, it's going to be a great speech, but you know what? We don't want to get that sales department upset. No. Get those spots the on, baby, talent. even if they're out of business. This is the Neil Rogers Show. You, 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 fairy. This is the brain. <laughs> Any questions? The former B.O.A. They say it wife and called it quits. They say the media caused them to hit the pits. But from where I sit, it's all on her. Crazy gold digger. I hear she wanted to be as famous as Hubby Paul. But I think the one-legged beauty has some gold. She never put up with Ringo Starr. Who now lives in his car? Heaven mills, are you on pills? You're not that hot. For me wife's autograph because she gets angry. Your wife? I thought I thought she died. No, no, that was me first wife. and second wife had the mills. You got married? Yeah, I've been married for four years, love. No way! I never knew that. She's very jealous and angry. Look what chance she comes to my hitching. Heather Mills, are you on pills? You're not that hot. Like I said, excellent speech, but we got to do the spots, right? Right on. Do we have any for. spots for businesses that are like maybe planning on reopening? Biggest names. We're Some not sure. With the best chance of getting elected Married 16 years and never cheated My candidate cannot be defeated With your help, I know she can win So vote for Hillary, Hillary, Hillary Clinton She's got the guts to stand by her man If she can't do it, no one can She's blonde and a lawyer too Just think of all the laws 
she'll push through. Get out that ballot and ride in. For Hillary, Hillary, Hillary Clinton. Her mates are dolphins, that's true. But he ain't the nothing that Bush hasn't tried on you. The other candidates find on TV, but not half as fine as Hillary. But early, but often. For Hillary, Hillary, Hillary Clinton. Think of the great political wives of history. Who outshine their husbands just like Hillary. Amelda Cleopatra and Eva Perone. The next to Hillary Clinton. They're all outshone, but early, but often. For Hillary, Hillary, Hillary Clinton, H-I-L-L-A-R-Y. Hillary, Hillary, she's our guy. The great state of Arkansas, she looks like she got off the set of L.A. law. And that's totally cool by me. So vote for Hillary, Hillary, Hillary Clinton. No. Eleven thirty-six at five sixty. WQM, welcome. We got the jerk show. He's back today from two to four. Man, no matter how much you pray, he uh, won't go away. And then we got Mad Dog four to seven. Dolphins, dolphins all assets with Barry Butel and Joe Bailey from seven to nine. Isn't that what everybody's uh, all whipped up about right now? Is the Dolphins, Chris? Yes. <laughs> we love the Dolphins. They're gonna win. Oh yeah. The DA show nine to midnight. Back in its regular time. Although I guess he was on last night. Now what? What's the Beast Health report? Is he still alive? I haven't heard one. Well, he wasn't on last night. He was supposed to be uh, filling in uh, to fill in for a DA who worked to fill in for a... Should uh, ask Clarence, I guess. What do you mean by that? That's his boyfriend still? Maybe that's what the problem is. Well, he's the program director, so he ought to know. He doesn't know squat, okay? All we know is that... Now, did we ever get the new schedule, the one that shows on Friday that we have that uh, UN basketball, that uh, tournament game at noon? Well, I don't see it. I ain't got down. You what? I said, I ain't got down. Well, how do you like that? Chris was giving us a song and a dance yesterday about how we're getting out of here at noon on Friday. Hey, I was just passing along what Josh told me. Well, so where's the schedule? Where's the beef, baby? Where's the meat? Where's the beast? Where's the beast, yeah. Nearly three-quarters of all Americans think the economy is in a recession, according to a national poll released yesterday. Seventy-four percent of those questioned in the CNN poll say the economy has entered a recession. The figure is up from 66% who felt that way in a similar survey last month. The number stood at 61% in January, only 46% last October. Well, guess what? This is the middle of March. It's no surprise then the economy remains a case in the public's mind, but take a look at that Dow, baby. Here comes the bunny, and here comes some back of your money. NASDAQ's up 51 point. The Dow is up 200, and uh, if they ever flip that thing, 268. 286, excuse me. Aren't you excited? Medium excited. The S&P is up 35. The S&P is up. Maybe that guy will call in. Take a couple of calls, Chris. Not on the air, though. Okay. By a two-to-one margin, the economy tops the Iraq war is the number one issue for Americans in their choice for president. Speaking of choice for president, how's our poll coming? We don't have too many swillery people, and that's because they resent the fact that I, uh, you know, I can't handle that bitch, and I just can't. She's full of it. When the phone rings at 3 o'clock in the morning, you want swillery uh, on, on the case. Yeah, right. Based on what? Based on what? Based on she knows where the damn silverware is in the White House? 510 votes on a poll. Chris says we're going to get 650. I think you're dreaming. Okay. It's pretty weak, as a matter of fact. Wouldn't you think we'd have like about 50,000 on here? It's a presidential poll. This is the only thing anybody's supposed to care about, other than whether they're going to get their um, mustard and uh, relish sandwiches. Well, that's the recovering from yesterday. What? Oh, from St. Patty's exactly. Day. That's right. Plus, Purim's coming up pretty quick here. And spring, spring will be sprung. 
Who do you think will be the next president? Not who you're uh, rooting for, not who you're voting for. I'm trying to clarify it for you. Well, we got to do another break here in a second. Well, that Barack, you know, he's long-winded. That was a good speech. Didn't you think? It was very good. You weren't paying any attention to what sure he was. said. No, you weren't. You were you were blowing snot into uh, the board there. Well, that too. I waited for him to take a breath before I did that. You hear that siren? Man, look yeah. at that. I don't. Wow. Just psychotic. They're like uh, ringing it and twanging it. Who do you think will be the next president? Barack Obama, 210. John McCain, 139. Hillary Clinton, 71. Don't know, 70. Well, at least Hillary got by don't know. And don't care, 26. That's America for you, baby. Don't know, don't care. Don't got no time. And there's that moron, Joe Scarborough. Tables, but oh. you will not hear it. Oh, polite. my God. Personality of a dead man. We don't know if they're still in business. Those people are ice holes. No, a secretly recorded telephone conversation between Michael Jackson and you won't believe it. Hello? Hello, Bob. It's Michael Jackson. This is Robert Wagner. I know. I'm calling you for a loan. This is the king of pop, Michael Jackson. Uh, how did you get my home phone number? I got your number from your infomercial for the Senior Lending Network. Your infomercial ran in between episodes of She's the Sheriff and the Torkelsons on the Superstation. But wait a minute. My home phone isn't even listed on the infomercials. You need to shut up and listen. I am in financial ruin. <laughs> I need $29 million by the time Oprah comes on today or I'm sunk. And maybe you throw in another $5 million walk-around money. They're going to take it all away, Bob Wagner. I need a loan for Neverland Ranch. I spent all my money on chimps and pimps, and my gold-encrusted Ferris wheel has run me into the ground. Well, first of all, Michael, this is for senior citizens, you know, retired people. Well, I am semi-retired. Mr. Jackson, do you even know what a reverse mortgage even is? Well, if a regular mortgage is paying off a loan, I'm assuming a reverse mortgage is not paying off a loan, which is what I'm doing now, but let's go ahead and make it official, Bob Wagner. Listen, Michael, I'll be honest with you. I'm just an actor. This is a gimmick. I'm just looking to make a buck off old people, you know? But I do know that you'll need some collateral. Collateral? Yeah, collateral. Collateral? Collateral. What's that? Well, Mr. Jackson, it means you have to have something of value. Well, I have a nine-year-old llama, and I have Bubbles the chimp, but I'd never part with her. I, I thought Bubbles was a boy. Ooh, wouldn't that be great? Hey, Bobby, look up the blue book value on the elephant man bones. They've got to be worth something. You know, I realize they depreciate the moment you carry them out of the museum in the sack. L listen, Michael, I have no idea the blue book value of elephant man bones. Well, maybe your wife, Stephanie Powers, can help me. Stephanie Powers was my TV show wife on Heart to Heart. Well, if Stephanie Powers can't help me, how about your loyal, gravelly-voiced butler, cook, and chauffeur from your TV show, Heart to Heart? You mean Max? Max. He was just an actor. Michael is a TV show. Like I said, I'm an actor. This whole thing's a gimmick. I'm just looking to make a buck off old people. You are so mean, Bob Wagner. Now I know you're a murderer. You killed your first wife, Karen Carpenter. Wait, wait a minute. I didn't kill Karen Carpenter. I killed Natalie Wood. I, I mean, I didn't kill... There it is. You admitted it. No, 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 no. That was Christopher Walken who killed Natalie Wood. The guy from the Fat Boy Slim video? Well, yeah, he's an actor, too, but... <laughs> Anyway, 
way, Michael, as long as you pay your taxes, you'll be fine. Oh, that's a sticky wicket. Wesley Slipes told me I don't have to pay taxes. Wesley Slipes? Wesley Slipes is an actor. It's Wesley Snipes, not Slipes. What do you know? You're a murderer. I'm not a murderer. Uh, I've got to go, Michael. You're trying to rob old people. I'm trying to make a buck, Mike. I can't blame you. Okay. Okay, let's talk later. All right. Bye-bye, Bob. Bye-bye. <laughs> All right. 11.47. It wasn't good, but it was long. You know what I mean? Right. Oh, I say that often. Goes on forever. Oh, yeah. yeah. Fill out your brackets for the big tournament, baby. Just log out at WQM.com. Register to play Hoops Hysteria. We know they're still in business anyway. Picks can be made round by round, and bonus points are given for picking upsets. That's Hoops Hysteria online at WQM.com, where we have no shame, no self-respect. We are just a horror business. That's the radio. I've told you that for years, man. Not just this station, the whole business. We're just a horror business. What do you think? I, I agree wholeheartedly. I concur. What are we going to do about that situation? <laughs> I don't know. Nobody has said anything to no, you about no. it? No, no. I don't know if don't there's anybody here. Don't you find that here. a little bit bizarre? The building feels empty, but maybe it's just because I haven't gone anywhere. Why is that? Because it's the day. Uh, it's between uh, St. Patty's Day and Purim? That must be it. I think it's the day after St. Patrick's Day and everyone's sleeping one off. I see. A Georgia lawmaker has pleaded guilty to federal money laundering charges and agreed to resign as a state lawmaker. State Representative Ron Saylor, oh, gee, if I would have had time, I would have set it up. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. I'll find it. All right. It's here we'll somewhere. Stop. Hey, Saylor! State Representative Ron Saylor of uh, Atlanta, 33-year-old church pastor, entered the plea uh, this morning in U.S. District Court in Atlanta. He's a pastor. Aren't they all? Under the plea deal, the Democrat from Decatur agreed to resign within 24 hours. Sentencing was scheduled for May 22. He could face up to 20 years in a slammer and a fine of up to 250000 Saylor's attorney, Bruce Malloy, said there's no specific sentence for Saylor in the plea agreement. He had no additional comment. Prosecutors charged that between November 10 and December 19, Saylor had transactions with an undercover law officer who he believed was a drug dealer from Florida. Well, money laundering. All of this crap. And well, at least he wasn't molesting anybody that we know of yet. Oh, guess who died? And I have no idea who he is or how you pronounce his name. Oscar-winning director Anthony Mengele. Mengele? No, not Dr. Mengele. M-I-N-G-H-E-L-L-A. Is that Mengele? Mengele? I don't know. Mengele. No, not Mengele. What is wrong with you, man? Mengele. Mengele? Mengele. Yeah. Anyway, he's dead. He turned such literary works as The English Patient, The Talented Mr. Ripley, and Cold Mountain into acclaimed movies. His died. He was 54. The Talented Mr. Ripley with Matt, Matt Damon and Jude Law. Oh, Jude Law wasn't in that. Oh, yes, he was. He was Dickie Greenleaf. What am I thinking of? Who else was in that? Gwyneth Paltrow? She was, uh, what's her name? And then that Skype. What's her name again? She won the uh, Oscar? Kate Winslet, Claire Danes. No, Kate uh, Blanchett. Kate Blanchett. There you go. Blanchett. Blanchett. Right. That's what they should have done with her face. Blanchett. <coughs> Stick it in the hot water, man. It can only improve. She is so mious. Mingella's death was confirmed uh, today by his agent, Judy Daish. No other details immediately available. He was only 54, for Christ's sakes. The English Patient, the 1996 World War II drama, won nine Academy Awards, including Best Director for Mingella, Best Picture, and Best Supporting Actress for Juliette Binoche. Am I saying that right? Yeah, sounds great. Binoche? Binoche, no, French. Based on the celebrated novel by Canadian writer Michael Ondaatje, wow. The movie tells of a burn victim's tortured recollections of his misdeeds in time of war. 
Mingella. Oh, and, and here finally it gets all the way into the story and it shows you how to pronounce it. It says pronounce Mingella. Mingella was also nominated for an Oscar for Best Screenplay for the Movie and for a screenplay of the talented Mr. Ripley. That's a good movie. It's a little bit gay, but nevertheless, you, even you liked it. Yes. It wasn't 2000, terribly gay. What? It wasn't terribly gay. Well, no. Horribly uh, Matt Damon would have liked it to have been, though, especially that bathtub scene. Remember that? Mm-hmm. His 2003 Cold Mountain, based on Charles Frazier's novel of the U.S. Civil War, brought a Best Supporting Actress Oscar for Renee Zellweger. I just saw a Matt Damon movie with uh, this incredible cast. Who the hell was in it? I don't know what the name of the movie is, and I forget who else was in it, but boy, it was damn good. And he looked good in the movie, too. It was amazing. It was one of those um, where he was a real macho man, you know, one of those, not, uh -huh. not uh, born identity, but with something else, with Matt Damon. Matt Damon. Who else was in it? That's what I'm trying to think of. I guess I'll have to Google it during the break. It was pretty good. It's not The Departed, was it? What is it? The Departed? That's that's it. Jack no, Nicholson? That, who's in it? Jack Nicholson. Jack, Mark that was Albert, it. Jack Nicholson Leonardo was in DiCaprio. it. Who else? Oh, that, that's it. Leo. And, you know, I hate, I hate to say this. I must have I seen this on the plane, I guess. Yeah, I saw it on the plane. Coming back from Vancouver. But uh, Leo was actually good in this movie, and mm -hmm. Leo looked yep. human. Right. He, did, he didn't have that, I just got off the spaceship look anymore. He, uh, he grew into his head. And also, the two of them, there was one scene where the two of them were together. They were almost indistinguishable from each other. They, they looked so well, similar. They both have bulbous heads, that's right. Is that it? Mm -hmm. they, both they both look have like a big beluga head. whales, yes. Don't tell Larry Craig that. <laughs> wow, they have a bulbous head. Uh -huh. I've seen some of those. Not a pretty sight. Yeah, they, they were. Uh, Leo was actually pretty good. Although I wasn't listening to the audio, so I have no idea what it was really all about. It was about a double cross and about ducks. I can't figure out which one was the real cop. Did you see it? Yeah, it was a great yeah, movie. Twice. You did? Yeah, it was a good movie. Well, which one was the real cop? I was ah! really going to put that one Just uh, watch it from the beginning. It's a good oh, movie. Oh, that'll ruin it? Yeah, watch it from the beginning. It's a good movie. Oh. Well, Leo was uh, the real cop, I think. And then poor, what's his name, that uh, Martin Sheen? Right. That they threw out the window, and he splatted right there at, uh, what's his name's feet? Man, that was not good. Splatted, and the blood was like spurting all out. If you like a lot of blood in the spurting, you'll like this for certain. The Departed. Recently farted, by the way, Joyce. I hate to break the news to you, but sometimes the Departed have farted. Grotesque, I know. Subhuman. 551 votes on our World Flaming Pool on neilrogers.com. And by the way, don't do that spot, Neil, because we're not sure if they're... <laughs> oh, no. It's not possible. It can't possibly be true. It's going to be a new slogan. What? You know, the salespeople, like, on their answering machines, you know, they have different, like, catchphrases and slogans. You know, where your dollar goes further, or the uh, some people have um, the, your home for men with money to spend, affluent men with, for, with money to spend, that kind of thing. From now on, it's going to be that. Don't run that spot. We don't know if they're still in business. <laughs> Unbelievable. Unbelievable. It, it just, it's beyond. In fact, i got to play the David Paul one. Unbelievable. Now, which is, what's that, the other that's one? That's him. The, I know. Uh, the real one? But what's this one? That's him. Unbelievable. What was the other one? Unbelievable. Oh, that's, uh, that's under D. Paul, I think. D. Paul? D. Paul. Get out there it of is. Here. Unbelievable. Oh, there it is. Unbelievable. 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 That's what it was. Unbelievable. Unbelievable. Well, I never would have found that in a million years. How, how do well, you I'm remember such weeble. crap? I, see, when you got it, a lot you got of it. drugs. 
Does it for you? I told you, I only okay, here's the good poll. Stuff. Just shut up for a minute. Let me do the poll, okay? Bada-beep, bada-beep. God, you are so uh, out of control. It's the drugs, folks. It is the drugs. It's all the sinus stuff. 554 votes. Who do you think will be the next president? Chris says we can make 650 on a poll today. I think he's dreaming. Uh-huh. We can do it. We can do it. we got two hours to go. Two hours to go. you got to be kidding me. I can't do it. I just I cannot never make it. You can do it. And just too much stress. I was already stressed out before I sat down here this morning. I, I'm not really sure why, to be honest with you. Just a, an accumulation of things, you know? Yeah. You know how that goes. That's things oh, trying yeah. to catch up. That's you right. Say, oh, jeez, right. no more. No mas. It's like you're juggling all these balls, and then somebody throws just one more at you. And then you. five minutes before we're supposed to come on the air, Duff comes in there <laughs> recklessly giving me the song. Oh, don't do the spot. We're not sure if they're in business. Don't, don't, uh, not for the air. Not, not for the air. Are you a crazy person or what? I don't, I'm not mentioning any account. You'll notice that. Mm. I am assiduously avoiding mentioning any place by name. Barack Obama, 227, they think will be the next president, 40.9%. John McCain, 150, 27%. Swillery, 76, 13.70%. But then again, this is not a Swillery crowd because I've chased all those people away. Too bad. Can't stand her. Don't know, 74. Don't care, 27. Biggest names. The best talent. This is Neil Rogers. Sports Radio 560 QAM. The sports leader. And Frau Ileana Ross-Leitman. And I like scrubbing my smelly gorilla ass with soap made from jewels. And listening to the Neil Roche. Amunista Hour. Sick Hey, baby. I demand you all vote for my wife. Or I'll beat your ass to an inch of your life. I'm here to say you better not piss me off if you don't make Hillary your bitch boss. Hey there, Hoochie Mama. This hair is for the President Bill. And I'm going to wag a smelly, moony old finger at you. You don't vote for my wife. <laughs> I want that off his back. If you're abroad, who's bitter and snarly, show your support for the Democratic Party. Hillary's the gal for gals who like women who are bitchy, freaky, and snarky. She don't blink her eyes too much, I guess. And wears pantsuits that dress the mess. Now here's a group of nasty lesbian mamas who want Hillary over Obama. Hillary's the giggity, good as the sour, nasty, and soily. She's the angry woman's choice. We want money, cause she makes us moist. Okay, it's a 12 noon at 560 WQAM. Wow, what a day. So, you know, I think we ought to do a spot for, um, what's another restaurant? Neil's on Alton Road, man. It had my name on it. Neil's Restaurant. They had the best. I, every time I talk about Neil's, I talk about the French onion soup. You want to know why? Because it was really good? Because it was great, and because, number two, I don't remember what else they had, you know. It was like kind of a family restaurant, you know what I mean? In other words, they had a little of this, a little bit of that. It wasn't, uh, but it was good. Neil's. It was on the corner of Alton Road, and, God, do I have any idea what those streets are anymore? No, just pick one. It doesn't matter. 17th? Sure. Miami Beach. You're going to send somebody to the wrong place now. You know, people are going to go there. Hey, the onion soup is the best in town. Neil's, tell them that Neil sent you by. Oh, God. Yeah. Although I'm not sure we should do the spot because I'm not positive if they're in business anymore. <laughs> it, it can't be real, okay? It can't be true. Tell me, please. It's not true. Uh, it's the truth. Is it true? It's twelve. Uh, Grilling the president of the county's convention and visitors bureau, Dade Commissioner Javier Suoto said today the local tourism economy is in trouble. You hear those damn pigeons out there again on my balcony? No. It's getting, uh, that I can barely hear you. Even in the wintertime, they're out there, too. 
You know, during that break, my ear popped, and now it's uh, closed back up again. Oh, I hate, oh that's yeah, the worst. Yes. After a long period of time, when you hear plug real heavy duty, mm-hmm. and you feel like you're in a vacuum, and then they open right. up, and you're like, all right, and then like five minutes later, oh, yep. damn it. didn't last. The facts are that we are in deep doo-doo, Soto said at the opening of the commission's meeting. Deep doo-doo. Wow. We don't know what's going to happen here. Nobody does. William Talbert, President and CEO of the Greater Miami Convention and Visitors Bureau, said he expected day to be hit later and more lightly than the rest of the state, in part because the local tourism economy depends so heavily on wealthy and foreign travelers. Those rich people tend to stay rich when some of us don't continue to be rich, Talbert said. The weakness of the American dollar has made the market especially attractive to European visitors. That's the silver lining of the weak dollar, said Commissioner Katie Sorensen. But Talbert acknowledged the future wasn't entirely clear and said a good first quarter in 2008 should not suggest that Dade will dodge the sinking economy. It hits us later than the rest of the state, Talbert said. Yes, it will hit, baby. It'll hit like, just like that. So let's play Obama's speech again, then we can go home. What do you say? That's Doug Thompson Rewind says, it. what? Rewind it. Rewind it. The blacks that were never going to get anything done in this country. In fact, it was that line that really brought the first uh, applause during the speech that lasted about 45 minutes. I think most people that were here saying he didn't really leave anything uh, up in the air. He addressed. He didn't leave it up in the air, baby. Never leave it up in the air because uh, then you have to wash it off. 575 votes on the pool. You got your 650 made. I'm going for 700. All right. We're going for 700. A low number. We, you want to know why? Because I'm out of practice getting these polls on there on time. I should put a new one on there for tomorrow, like, uh, you know, by three or four. But I won't. Doug Thompson on CapitalHillBlue.com writes, American racism is a fact of life. Amen, Doug. It sure is. I mean, most of us are bigots, you know. And I will say this. If you want to go to a place where there's almost all white people, that's Vancouver. And I'm not saying that's why I like Vancouver, because there were no dark folks there. I, I don't mind a lot of places where there are dark folks. I love Boston. There's a lot of dark folks in Boston. But, of course, they're all jammed into Roxbury, you know. No, I don't know. What? I don't know. I'm not talking to you. I'm talking in general to the people in New England. You know, they know from Roxbury. American racism is a fact of life, writes Dougie T. He says, Democratic presidential frontrunner Barack Obama's attempt today to bridge the growing racial divide in both his own party and the nation may be his greatest test as an orator or maybe just a little too late. Wow. Many political observers felt racism would rise up and bite Obama as his campaign gained momentum, but few expected it to be racism within the African-American community. Hate-filled rhetoric from the longtime pastor that Obama calls a strong influence on his life and brings to beliefs but brings to the surface feelings that racism is a two-way street. Recent primaries already show the increasingly bitter contest between Obama and Hillary Clinton hardening along racial and gender lines. The hate and anger didn't stop when Jeremiah Wright retired. It continues to spill from the pulpit of Obama's church each and every Sunday from the current minister, and that sad fact doesn't help bridge the racial divide. It only deepens it. Those who defend the inactive-filled rhetoric of black pastors who decry a racist white media and talk about crucifixion of a minister as Obama's current minister did last Sunday, say such justified by such anger is justified by America's shameful history toward African Americans, but hate doesn't jive with Obama's speeches of unification and bringing the American together. America is still a racist nation. Latinos distrust blacks. Blacks distrust Latinos and whites. Whites distrust anything non white, and that list includes Latinos blacks, Arabs, and just about anything or anybody else who isn't white Anglo-Saxon Protestant. Racism is rooted in ignorance and fear, and America has an overabundance of both. While Obama's early days in the campaign trail seemed shrewd and error-free, his campaign has turned into a series of missteps marked by blindness toward the always simmering racism that has doomed many political efforts. 
Racism in today's America isn't just black and white. The debate over immigration is fueled in large part by racial hatred of Latinos that whites fear will take their jobs. Latinos now outnumber African Americans as the dominant minority in the U.S. and you even find racism within that community toward each other. That's for damn sure like uh, George hates the Puerto Ricans. Gypsies. Puerto Rican gypsies? No, just In 1982, gypsies. Doug Thompson says, I arrived in Albuquerque, New Mexico, to start work on a re-election campaign of Representative Manuel Lujan, the only Hispanic Republican in Congress at that time. Enrico Martinez, a young volunteer on the campaign, gave me a tour of both the city and the attitudes of its overwhelmingly Hispanic population. Don't confuse the Spanish with the Mexicans, Martinez said. There's a big difference. The Spanish settled here directly from Spain. The Mexicans came across the border, many of them illegally. The Spanish don't like Mexicans, and the Mexicans don't like the Spanish, and the only thing they agree on is that neither care much for blacks. Martinez had a name for it, Taco Racism. <laughs> I like that. Woo! I'm going to Taco Bell and give me some of that for lunch today. Some of that good old taco racism. Racism has deep roots and a long history in America, and such racism isn't always based on color. Racism discriminated against the Irish and the Scots, against Catholics and Jews. Skin tones that range from olive to yellow to black bring looks of distrust. So when Barack Obama steps before the cameras today, which he already did, he'll be fighting a lot more than just white hatred of blacks or black hatred of whites. He faces a nation long divided along racial, ethnic, religious, and philosophical lines, not to mention economic, too, by the way. The odds that he can bridge that divide with a speech are long, and while he's saying, God bless America, his preacher's getting up in the pulpit and screaming, God damn America. Oh, I could actually say it. Hallelujah. It's a news story. I hope Joyce don't get all bent out of shape. Too bad. I can give a damn if that bitch gets upset or not. Everybody is saying it. Everybody's playing it. Am I right? Yep. We heard it on MSNBC, baby. It's the MS. We heard it. They said it. They done it. They do it. And don't forget, don't do the spot. You know, I, I, I would love to write that book only just so I could read it. In other words, when I got done, I just put my feet up on the um, couch. Yeah. yeah, I would be sitting on the floor. I'd put my feet up on the couch, <laughs> kind of a reclining, bizarre position, and I, I'd read it. And I'd say, wow, this is really some heavy-duty crap, you know what? How could all this stuff really have happened over the last 32 years? How could there be so many knuckleheads, so many numbskulls, so many idiots, so many sales holes, so many uh, money-grabbing schmucks? The notorious spammer authorities dubbed the king of spam is facing a possible 26-year jail sentence after pleading guilty in Seattle on Friday to charges of fraud and tax evasion. Robert Soloway, 28, had already been found guilty of spam charges in several civil cases. Microsoft won a $7.8 million judgment against him in 2005, but had avoided paying fines in those cases. The criminal charges to which he pleaded guilty on Friday allowed his, followed his arrest in 2007 by the Justice Department. He was arrested on criminal charges brought by the U.S. Department of Justice May 2007. In a 2005 discussion group post, Soloway bragged, I've been sued for hundreds of millions of dollars and have had my business running for over 10 years without ever paying a dime regardless of the outcome of any lawsuits. That year, Soloway raked in more than 300 grand from his spam operations, according to his plea agreement. Soloway has avoided fines in the past, but this time around he may not be so lucky. In addition to the jail time he now faces, he's also agreed to discuss his financial assets while being monitored by a lie detector. While there have been hundreds of spam prosecutions in the U.S., it's extremely rare for spammers to face criminal charges, and those involved in the matter say that Soloway's case could serve as a deterrent to other spammers. In an interview last month, Microsoft senior attorney Aaron Kornblum said he thought the prosecution would make other spammers think twice. There haven't been a large number of criminal can-spam prosecutions in the U.S., he said. This is significant. What does that mean, can-spam? 
Not sure. Soloway is set to be sentenced on June 20th. The prosecution has been seeking 700 grand in damages when Soloway was first charged nearly a year ago. You bastard, you lunatic, you deadbeat, you slimeball, you scumbag. See, there's something else I can say again. Woo! Freedom of speech is crawling back in. Not, not too much. We don't want to overdo it. Now, what do you think these Nazis on the Supreme Court are going to say about that uh, FCC thing? Bada boop, bada beep. Yeah. They're going to say, well, uh, you know, uh, obscene speech isn't protected by the F word and all this other crap. That's what they're going to say. There's Pat Buchanan speaking of obscene. Obama's objective is what you suggested was to end this and move on to other issues. I think the contrary is true. I think the race issue and that what Barack talked about and also what he didn't talk about, I think those things, Tamron, are what we're going to be... See, he's just pulling for a swillery because uh, all the Republicans want swillery. You know, he... he... He can talk all he wants about how McCain's an old fuddy-duddy and McCain's crazier than a bedbug and a loon and all of a sudden this hundred-year war and all this other crap. But the fact of the matter is, anybody to the right of Attila the Hun like Pat Buchanan, they want Swillery in there. Am I right? That's right. They want her because mm-hmm. they, they can beat the crap out of her because she's right. divisive and because she's got like that. That 46% is the max she can get. You know, mm-hmm. when you, that's the max you can get. Well, you're not going to win the election. Unless there's three people running. Why don't you run? Give it a shot. You can take a bunch of votes away from uh, McCain. Okay. All your Julio backers in, in Dade County. Right. And when you go on these appearances, now where did you tell me you went uh, and you had this tremendous turnout? At uh, Palmetto Mini Golf, 152nd US 1. Big well, sprawling and, and mini you know, golf. The best golf part, part of it is they're still in business. <laughs> and George is going <laughs> to be more that shows yet. from Gulfstream because last I heard, right. they're still in business too. In fact, yes, if I go are. to the horse racing channel here, the uh, here it is. Over in the sixth carry. Well, there's the race at Tampa well. Bay with that screaming announcer. I guess Gulfstream doesn't run today. What day is it? It's Tuesday. They're not running today. Oh, Hotels.com is having a 24-hour sale. You want to go anywhere? Here's your last chance coupon. Boy, I hate that. I hate that spam. And, of course, I could go to my computer and I could, like, block it. You know, Mark is unsafe. In the, but then, I, I don't know. I feel unclean when I do that. Like, maybe, maybe, maybe someday they'll send me something important that I really want. You think so? Not. Maybe. 592 on Chris's poll. Now, you mean to tell me here it's afternoon and not Duff or, An- An- what's the guy's name, Andy, Andy. or, or uh, anybody has come in there and said, oh, well, uh, here's the story on that, but it'd be better than nothing. Nothing. Nada? Thing. 593 on there. What do you think? 700? Sure. <laughs> you know, Chris has been through a lot. How long have you been on the show? Like a year now? Uh, about uh, 14, 15 months, yeah. Yeah, a year, year and a quarter. And seen and heard and experienced a lot of really bizarre crap, you know. But I think this morning, I think I'm hearing it in your voice. Even you are dismayed and shocked. Shock and awe. Shock and awe, shucks. Well, look at that. There's Tampa Bay. It's only 22 minutes till the first race. Get your bets in, George. Plunge your guts up. The best talent. This is Neil Rogers. Sports Radio 560 QAM. The sports leader. Holy Mackinac! This is Joe Bowen, the voice of the Toronto Maple Leafs, and you're listening to the Hockey Authority, Neil God. Alright. I was spending my funds making my car run, but I didn't get real far. I got a crummy deal fixing these four wheels, maxing out my car. Can't drive around till the price goes down. I thought I could, but I was wrong. With their pumping, got my wallet shrinking, so I stopped here at Exxon. And I said, Exxon is what's making me poor, makes me R.A.'s happy. 
Paradise opens up. Trip down memory lane. Paradise USA. The outside skeeter back. Look at that. Dave Falls, one to two, baby, in the tank. Second. Here comes the bunny, and there goes your mind. What did I tell you about chalk? Eating chalk. Don't play the chalk, baby. All right, I won't. Well, there's a one to two shot down the toilet. A desperate second by about four lengths. With a great Dave Pallone, nevertheless. Anyway, it's uh, <laughs> that's what Clarence said. Get a lot more of that harness racing on here. We want to get down to those good numbers like they got across the street. Oh, point, oh. Like that. And don't do that spot because we're not sure if they're still in business. Five ninety nine on a pull. I bet you if I click it, we ought to have like over 600. What do you think? Try it. 603. Now, where was Chris? A little slow on the uptake there. What's oh, going what? on, lunch? No. I don't think you're going to be having any food in there this week. Oh, well. Well, you have Howie's. Right, we'll manage. <laughs> How's my old buddy from Tony's doing? What's his name? Brad. Brad's Brad. great. How's they Brad love doing? us over there. We love you, Brad. I've been here last week. Really? Mm-hmm. Great food. For, for Suds. And Ponytail? He's great. At a party Everybody's at a place. doing fine. Okay, they're all still alive. That's good. What about, what's his name? Scott. Alice Good? Alice Good. Good. Yeah, we'll see him no more. It's just a joke. We won't see him no more. <laughs> Although we're running God. spots for them next week, though. Since we're going to be running <laughs> spots for them, uh, even though they're not on the air and they're not in business no more. How about the deli dinner? Are they still open? I don't know. Look at this. It says, you said Vancouver is mostly white people. Are you sure you were in Vancouver? No, I wasn't talking about, I was, I was talking as opposed to black. See? This, uh, this person who ever sent this, you don't understand. Chinese, 29.9%. That is correct. 47.1% are members of visible minority groups, it says. But nevertheless, black, 0.9%. I was talking about race is what I was talking about at the time, as in black and white. Not that, you know, yellow isn't a race, but nevertheless. Yeah, there's a zillion Chinese people. They're 29.9%. South Asian, Indo-Canadian, 5.7%. Filipino, 4.1%. Those flippies. Southeast Asian, 2.5%. Japanese, 1.5%. Latin American, 1.2%. Korean, 1.1%. Aborigines make up less than 1.9% of the city of Vancouver's population. Not officially considered a viable minority group by Statistics Canada. It said Vancouver is one of the most integrated cities in the world. It has more interracial couples and less residential segregation than Canada's two largest cities, Toronto and Montreal. Eh? Montreal. <laughs> In total, 7.2% of married and common-law couples in Greater Vancouver are interracial, double the Canadian average of 3.2%, and higher than Toronto's 6.1% and Montreal 3.5%. Among Vancouver couples in their 20s, 12.9% are of mixed race. And haven't we already agreed that the mixed-race people are the best-looking people? Yes, we do. Mmm. Mmm. So anyway, yeah, so they, they made my point there, even though they said, well, you don't know what you're talking about. I didn't say that there weren't all kinds of people there. I said there weren't a lot of black people in Vancouver, and this bears it out, less than 1%. 0.9%, eh? And that, that's mm -hmm. a racist reason. If you want to go to Vancouver because there's mostly not black people there, that's, that means you're a racist bastard. Doesn't it? Right. Now, you want to go there just because you think they got good weed. That's what you, and of course, I'm sure they do. Right. Not that anybody I know would know anything about that. Of course not. A computer hacker stole... Oh, this is a different computer hacker. This is not the uh, spam guy. Computer hackers stole thousands of credit card numbers after breaching security at two U.S. grocery store chains owned by Belgium-based Del Hayes Group SA, the company said yesterday. I'm sure I mispronounced that, uh, but who cares? Nearly 2,000 cases of fraud have been linked to the breach, but no personal information such as names or addresses was accessed when the hacker broke into the Hannaford Brothers stores in Massachusetts and New York. 
And Sweet Bay customers in Florida, Hannaford said in a statement. Sweet Bay, did you ever hear that? I never did. Nope. Sounds like sweetbreads. Oh, what, what is that? Brains? What, what is that? Kidneys, I believe. Oh! Boston's WBZ Radio said 4.2 million credit and debit card numbers were stolen. Company officials were not immediately available to confirm the number of stolen credit card numbers. Hannaford, headquartered in Scarborough, Maine, where they have Scarborough Downs, racetrack, harness racing, baby. That's where Dave Ingraham ought to stay. Said it became aware of unusual credit card activity on February 27th and began an investigation. It said the data was illegally accessed during the credit card authorization process. Hannaford Chief Executive Ron Hodge offered an apology for the intrusion. There are 165 Hannaford stores in the U.S. Northeast and 106 Sweet Bay supermarkets in Florida. We sincerely regret any concern or inconvenience this has caused, Hodge said in a statement. We've taken aggressive steps to augment our network security capabilities. The breach is the latest at the big U.S. retailer and comes after U.S. retail group TJX Koss Incorporated disclosed last year that data from 45.7 million credit and debit cards were stolen by hackers over a period of 18 months, as well as personal information for 451,000 people. A group of banks later asserted in court documents that the number of customer accounts were affected closer to 94 million, a charge Massachusetts-based TJX denied. They're in denial. It's kind of like our management, you know what I mean? They're in denial. How is our management? They still wandering around there like they know what the hell's side is up? Uh, yeah, right. Waddling around. Haven't they, haven't they come in to investigate while you know, have an interrogation? I'm sure that you're going to be called in for an interrogation at 2 o'clock. You think so? You're not? About what? About that account. What's it got to do with us? We didn't do anything bad. That account that we don't know if it's that, still in business? That no account? Well, I'm, sure, I'm sure that the inquiring minds probably want to know what that's all about. Well, then well, you, you, think ask that, you think that Andy or anybody in the sales department is going to give them an honest answer about that? You think that they're going to give them uh, the, just the facts? Oh, you know, you're right, because it's got nothing to do with us, so Joe might come in here and ask what I That's you know, exactly right, just like why they can't get the show at 2 o'clock on the air on time, which I'm sure that problem's been solved now that they got a new board up and they fired that nitwit that jerks brought with them from ESPN. That simpleton. What that was his name? Twerp? Tweak. Tweak, Eric. Twerp. God, what an idiot. And then they called him in. They were going to give him another chance. They suspended him for a few days. They called him in for a meeting at 1230. Not a meeting, but to be prepared to prepare the show, I guess, and, and to have a meeting. And he shows up at 1245, 50 minutes late for a meeting in the afternoon. Like I've told you before, I can understand people show up late at 7 o'clock in the morning or 5 in the morning if the big O overslept some morning and showed up at 530 or something. I can understand that. Right? Right. I've had it happen to me. When I was in Kalamazoo, baby, at WTPS, I overslept a couple of times early in the morning. And the engineer, Harvey, Reese, Harvey the Grease Reese, he had to go on the air and uh, open the show. How sad that was. There's got to be a place where you can find if people are dead or alive. And I know that they have these things online. I'm not talking about famous people. I'm talking about people that we knew. Mm -hmm. I know they have these people finder things and all this other crap, but... I, I only think that they can find those things if, if the people are like um, like in MySpace or your face or Facebook or any. Is, am I wrong? No. I'm not wrong. You're not wrong. So, now, but they have like yellow white pages directories. Sure. Well, in other words, you don't know. Why, why there you there are lots of online know? directories, man. Yeah. All different brands. And I'm just curious stuff. about whether some of these people from earlier days of my life are still alive, you know. 
Not, not that it's going to change there anything. There are just no. directories, but there are also, like, do-it-yourself private investigator things, and there's also... Oh, yeah, right. Get and, your credit card ready, baby. Right. And and sites that will do it for you, yeah, exactly, for a fee. They'll uh, track someone down for you. Yeah, likely story. Well, most of those are scams, by the way. Don't let George Kanye Con- uh, get down. Like, I'm going to do it? What? I'm not going to do any of that stuff. I don't of course care you're not, people. because it costs money. You haven't right. got any money. That's right. They treat you like garbage, man. They treat you like crap. They treat you like yesterday's... Th- Can you imagine in some of these restaurants? There's a restaurant chain called Baton Rouge, which I've talked about. Very good food, by the way. Excellent. Chicken tenders. You ever have chicken tenders? Sure. Mm. Often. Good stuff. Mm-hmm. Anyway, the food is very good, but they give you portions that are so humongous and gigantic that there's no way that any... I mean, even the beast couldn't finish the meal, which is saying a lot, okay? I think I'm going to do a Joyce here in a minute, right in the chair. But anyway, um, can you imagine the amount of food, good food, edible food, that gets thrown out in a place like that every single day? Hmm, I'm trying to think. <laughs> I'm going to start making some rounds. A lot. Yeah, that's a good idea for you. That's something to think about for your future years. Mm-hmm. Biggest names. The best talent. How's Sports it going, eh? QAM. The sports leader. Ian's dumb as dirt. Everybody gonna get a rebate. Spend some dough, dough, dough. <laughs> when you get your check, spend it real quick at the store, store, store. Everybody gonna get paid. Make the recession go away. That's why you're all gonna get a rebate. So here you go, go, go. <laughs> I'd rather you didn't put it in a bank. Or get your credit card bill paid. Cause there's something. There's something we can all do to keep the recession far away. So go down to Best Buy <laughs> or get a new car and go drive. Everybody gonna get a rebate. Spend some dough, dough, dough. Try to forget that we're all in debt. Oh, no, no, no. Everybody gonna get paid. Make the recession go away. That's why you're all gonna get a rebate. So here you go, go, go. And when you get your rebate checks in the mail, we're gonna give you a whole list of businesses that you can go and spend money at. Of course, they're not in business anymore, but nevertheless, if, if enough of you go there, maybe they'll be able to reopen again. Uh, that's a good point. Isn't that a good thought? Good recession. We're going to get your rebate checks together, and we're going to get like the famous. Somebody sent me an email on MySpace the other day. said there's a new, another attempt, a restaurant with a famous deli name. It's not the same place. It's not the same thing. Trust me. been tried over and over again. They're never going to duplicate the original famous on Washington Avenue on the beach. That was uh, before your time, or you just never had a chance to get there? Uh, one or both, I don't know. Yeah, too bad. Remember, when I was down here, I wasn't down here. I was in the hinterlands. I was in Yenemsbelt, Redlands Homestead, Leisure City. Yeah. That's where I uh, spent my childhood. Uh, in that hood. How depressing. Well, no, it was fine. Hazmat situation at Charlotte, North Carolina Airport is still going on. Learn about a substance found in or around a parked U.S. Airways jet line. Uh-oh. 
Oscar-winning director Tony Mangala died today. In Mangala, I told you. Mm -hmm. And that's not the way they said how to pronounce it either. And they, they give you the phonetic pronunciation, Mangala, it said, or something like that. He's dead. Regardless of how you pronounce it, he's still dead. He's not coming back. Academy Awards, including Best Picture. Mangala also directed Cold Mountain and the... See, he said it different that time, this, this jerk. He said it different. Defense and prosecuting attorneys gave oral arguments in Toledo yesterday. Uh... About Priest Gerald Robinson's appeal of his 2006 conviction for the 1980 murder of a nun. Oh, not another bad priest. Remember what the Archbishop said? Oh, what's it, the Archbishop? We can always use a good priest. Yeah. Who said that? In The Exorcist? No, it was in The Godfather 3. Oh, oh. Was that sorry. in The Exorcist? We can always uh -huh. use a good priest? Get out of here. I thought they said we could always use a good altar boy. Well, of course, that goes without saying. John, John Donahue of Perrysburg, uh, Ohio, represented the 69-year-old uh, Catholic priest, argued before three-judge panel of Ohio's 6th District Court of Appeals that his client was denied a fair trial for several reasons, most notably the 24-year gap between the nun's murder and the priest's arrest. Have you ever seen anything like this case? Donahue asked judges Mark Petrakowski, Peter Handwork, and William Scow. Why, why do we have to have the names of the judges in here? Isn't this stupid? He said to the quarter-century delay before charges were filed, the pervasive media coverage of the trial, the national clerical sex abuse scandal's impact on the case, and the state's references that Sister Margaret Ann Paul may have been murdered in an occult ritual. Ooh, I love those. Dean Mangros, a Lucas County assistant prosecutor, said the investigation of the nun's murder continued long after 1980, and loss of witnesses and documents resulting from the passage of time added to the state's burden. We got pounded over missing witnesses and documents, he said, but by the time we came to trial, we had almost overwhelming evidence. Robinson, who's serving 15 years to life in the Southern Ohio prison, wasn't present for the hearing, but his brother, sister-in-law, and a number of supporters were in the gallery, maybe even a few altar boys. Sister Margaret Ann was murdered April 5, 1980. Holy Saturday. Holy moly. Oh, do you realize it's Good Friday this Friday? Do we have to work? Well, that's why we get off at noon, you, you I You do. I, I don't. You're not working Friday? Well, I mean, I have the option, you know. It's only they, a two-hour show. sprinkled water on my head. Well, it's also Purim, man. I can take off for Purim. No, uh, we can do that two hours. Shopping for Homentaschen. Boy, I sure wish I could find the old, the old-fashioned ones, man, the good ones. Not those mm -hmm. hard little triangular ones. Those right. Hard like bricks, no. The big, soft, fluffy ones with the poppy seeds on the outside mm. and the inside. I poppy. Mun. Mun. Right. As opposed to mung. By the way, I saw the word mung on... Uh, Footsie's uh, website the other day I was uh, checking that thing out. Mung, it said. They had a guy on a ladder with a, a hose cleaning out the vents there at IOD. Sound familiar? And he talked about the uh, Mung. How many people do you think have stolen my material? About 30, man. Robinson was arrested by the county's cold case squad April 2004 and convicted in Lucas County Common Police Court May 11, 2006. The 71-year-old former uh, the nun was nearly... Choked nearly to death, then stabbed 31 times in the chest, neck, and face, just to make sure, I guess. Prosecutors argued during the trial that a letter, a letter opener was found in Robinson's apartment shortly after the nun's death was the murder weapon. Donahue spent much of his allotted 15 minutes yesterday asserting that the pair of scissors missing from the sacristy could have been used to kill the uh, nun. What's a uh, sacristy? I don't know. Oh, come what? on, you just got through telling me how you're such a farbissant Catholic. And I you're going to take off Friday water on my Friday. head. I bet you're going to take off Easter Sunday, too, huh? Sounds great. And what kind of early Easter is this, for Christ's sakes? My God, the uh, 15th of Mar... What is it? The 24th, 23rd is Easter. 
And you know what that means? It means that Pesach can't be far behind because the Jews and the Goyim, man, they've always got to, like, you know, they've got to, like, coordinate these uh, ridiculous holidays. you got your Hanukkah and your Christmas, and you got your Pesach and your Easter. Always got to come together at the same time. Like a simultaneous... Uh, he also raised questions about the Reverend James Sviatol, a Catholic priest who had served with Robinson as hospital chaplain. The name is Swiatecki. Donahue said Father Swiatecki, who died in 96, told police that nothing was missing from the sacristy after the murder, but several nuns said a pair of scissors used to trim candle wicks was missing. Did you ever trim your wick? Just this morning. With the scissors? Well, no, I have a special tool. Mr. Donahue, I bet, also argued that Father Swiatecki weighed nearly 300 pounds, was strong enough to strangle the nun, and heavy enough to have made the loud footsteps witnesses heard in the hallway after the murder. And it goes on. Who the hell cares, you know? This is that uh, Felix the Cat guy. He sends me all these just obsessed with this stuff. Keep it coming, but just obsessed. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. One note, Charlie. Don't forget to fill out your brackets for the big tournament, baby, because it's Hollage Hoops. It's March Madness. Everybody's whipped up into a frenzy. Not me. Do you care? Or do you only want to win some money again? Right. I can't believe that you, of all people, are I entering in that thing. And that last funny? year you won 70 bucks. That's right. Well, George needs the money, man. <laughs> like no one else does. Right, I, I got a good Chris. idea. Let's fix all the games just so that who you ever pick wins. Sounds great. Just log out of WQM.com, register to play Hoops Hysteria, because anything that has to do with sports or like uh, uh, checkers or uh, par- what is it? Shuffleboard, any of those. We're all we're into, man. That's our stuff. And of course, uh, the Panthers are only two points out of the playoffs. I bet you everybody on the station's all whipped up about that. Not. Picks can be made round by round, and bonus points are given for picking upsets. Hoops Hysteria online at WQAM.com. Biggest names. The best talent. This is Neil Rogers. Sports Radio 560 QAM. The sports leader. Hey, we're watching the game. I need another five points to cover the spread. May the best woman win. Now, here's how to win. And it's easy. I believe I'm going to win. In a short time, you may be a winner. He's a real winner. You and the office crowd. It's uh, 12.45. Everybody in the world is all whipped up with that March Madness, baby, and college hoops. Even George, not me, though. Hoops. I don't care about the uh, hoops in the first place anymore. I used to. I used to watch college basketball a lot, but not no more. I just don't care. And you want to know why? Why? I don't want to. And I just no, have no interest to me. Uh, and I just, I don't know. To me, it's just kind of bizarre, the, the whole thing about, like, the World Series. You know, if you don't watch baseball all year long, why, why do you watch the World Series? If you don't watch football all year long, why would you watch the stupid bowl, right? I don't, I don't watch any of this stuff No, nah, that's what I'm saying. I just fill out my bracket, and then somebody tells me if I want some money or not. Well, I, I wish you all the best of luck. Thanks. And what about you, Chris? Um, I'm not in it at the moment, no. You what? I'm not in it right now. No, oh, God, you got a siren out there again, man. Oh, boy, somebody's dead. I'm sure of it. 
There's body parts all over the place. There's blood. There's blood. What did that guy say that time from uh, the West Coast from Fort Myers? Murder and blood. Murder and blood. Yeah, murder murder and blood. Murder. He was good. Murder and bloodshed. On the highway. He had America down to a science, man. I'll tell you another thing about Vancouver. It looks to me, I didn't, I didn't rent a car there. Everywhere I went, I went in a cab. But it looks to me like they drive fairly civilized, as opposed to here where they drive for crap. And there where, oh, my God. But Vancouver seemed a pretty neat place. So if I disappear one of these days, just, you know, just send the search party out in Vancouver. It's a nice place. Good, great food. I still can't get over it. Every, every restaurant we ate in was fabulous. Not, not good, but fabulous. Isn't that a little unusual? Maybe. And that casino, River Rock, it's about a 20-minute drive from downtown. And they got a hotel. It's, it's a uh, yeah, resort, River Rock Resort and Casino. And the casino's got, I don't know how many slot machines, but they got all the new ones, all these funky new ones, two cent and one cent. And you're playing multiple, so it's like like a you know, quarter slot guy would be at home there, that idiot. They could throw him off one of the cliffs. And when you fly out to Vancouver, you fly over the Canadian Rockies. Pretty neat. Pretty nifty. You ever see a Canadian Rockies? Yeah. You have? I told you. We. How about Canadian we, Bullwinkle? I mean, we drove, with, you know, through the Montana Rockies into the Canadian Rockies, you know. We Either. lived in the in the Rockies, in the hills. Oh, well, there were mountains there. We didn't call up in, them hills. Up in the woods, yeah. Yeah. A graphic display of aborted fetuses is causing concern at Arizona State University. The traveling exhibit is sponsored by Justice for All, a group that aims to train thousands against abortion. These are the really crazy people. Crazy, like like the Fred Phelps crowd. Our goal is to educate the college campus about the choice of abortion entails, Rebecca Wagner, a representative for the group, told Phoenix's ABC affiliate. It's a shock campaign. I honestly think it's less effective. I don't want to walk around campus and see that stuff, ASU student Mike Zaki tells the network. A March 14th letter printed in New Mexico College newspaper argues that the Justice for All exhibit displays false information. We in the section of reproductive health of the Department of Obstetrics and Gynecology at the UNM School of Medicine are writing to correct some of the misinformation presented by the Justice for All exhibit displayed on campus last week. The letter reads, this exhibit already repugnant for the species comparison between abortion and the Holocaust is its sensationalist graphics and intrusive display is most reprehensible for its deliberately inaccurate medical information. Well, listen, while they're not busy uh, uh, killing abortion doctors, they're busy telling lies. The fetus huggers. The letter adds, this misinformation designed as a scare tactic is the lowest form of debate on the issue of abortion. While we respect individuals' views about the ethics and morality of abortion, we have no respect for deliberate misinterpretations of science, misrepresentations of science. Isn't that what I said? Yeah. Risk of abortion put forth in the exhibit included an association between abortion and breast cancer, cervical cancer, suicide, infertility, ectopic pregnancy. What is that? Never heard of it. Future birth defects, future babies with low birth weights, and pre- and post-term deliveries. These risks have been rejected by the scientific community after review of the science describing these associations. The studies that show these associations are predominantly cross-sectional, uh, cross-sectional in nature, a study design that doesn't allow a cause-and-effect relationship to be established. All of that, whatever that means. It means the fetus huggers are at it again, baby, scaring the crap out of everybody, running around with the jars, you know, all that crap. Oh, here's the uh, fetus, the aborted fetus, puke your guts out, you know. Or maybe they're just getting ready to have lunch with Tom Cruise. You think? Sounds great. And Mo, what was that one where Mo was eating the uh, eating the babies? Oh, that's right. I forgot. Hey, Boca Brian. What is that called? I don't know. 
Mo Hardaway? No. Mo in the house? Mo Mo's in the house? Mo whooping cough? I'm asking Brian. Maybe it was Mo's deli. Mo's will and testicle. Do we have? Uh, can we play that? See, some of these I haven't played so long. I don't remember. I can't recall whether they're like Joyce approved or like uh, you know. Right. Good luck. Yeah. We're going to have a little uh, union here, Geldy and I. Means they had a little problem with the starting show feed. I think that the satellite fell down or something. Yeah, like your butt. Why, I'll have you know my buttocks are delightfully fine. Thank you very much. Now, if you don't mind, let's return to the sanctitious sports. How about a little touchy-feely? Now, see here. See where? Over here. Okay. Now, see here. What, your hand? Ah, what a sucker. You're so stupid. I ain't so stupid like they say. I'm the official voice of the Panthers. Big deal. Why, I'll have you know I made my bones when you were uh, 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 an embryo. How do you know? Well, it, it is, uh, there's something I never told you. Yeah? Well, uh, I'm your father. Daddy! Son! Uh, I'm an embryo. Get your thumb out of there. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. I think they both had their thumb in each other. Like them. You ask me. I remember those days, man. Those were the salad days, baby. When Gildy would be running around in the hall. I don't know what I'm going to do about that mow. I can't stand it. I can't take it no more. Remember those days? Like it was are yesterday. You, are you still there or what? I'm, I'm talking into a dead mic over here. Excuse me. Jesus, K. Christ, what is wrong with you, man? We got spots on the log for places that aren't in business anymore. We got George talking into a dead mic. Yeah. We got... Uh, all of these things. Soros, it sounds like to me. I've been doing it all day. Doing what? Talking into a dead mic. I said a whole bunch of funny stuff that never made it on the air today. <laughs> I was laughing. And, and I'm sure you forgot by now. Yeah, right? oh yeah. Okay, let's see how we... Oh, there's Allie Felching again on CNN. Boy, they sure got that queen on there a lot. They're upset. Oh, and speaking of that, uh, where's Anderson's pooper? Okay, how are we doing on Chris's poll here? We got 651 votes. We'll make that 750. You'll see. Because you said 650, and we already eclipsed it. Told you. What do you think? Who do you think? Well, what do you think will be the next president? Barack Obama, 267. He's got 41%. John McCain, 177. He's got 27.1%, which is very sad. But then again, we're not asking who do you like. We're asking who do you think. And, they, and these people know the Democrats have a way of uh, self-destructing, uh, man, of imploding. Swillery has got 88 don't know, 86, and don't care, only 33. That's only 5%. Well, that's still embarrassing. Don't care. How can you not care? After everything that we've been through, how can you not care? Those people must be the ones that are having a great life, don't you think, that 5%? Well, the other 95% of us don't know, uh, you know, what side our bread is buttered on. The top. Maybe it's buttered underneath. Now, let's see how those markets are doing. They were The, the market was going through the roof earlier. The euro is almost 158. Oh, my God. But the Dow is 291 on the plus side. NASDAQ's up 57, and the S&P is up 37. And oil is only 108 bucks a barrel. What a bargain, man. I bet you it's not going to cost you more than 1000 bucks to fill up your tank. I bet you a lot of money on that. Dow is up almost 300 points. I wonder why that is. Is that because the uh, world is going to hell in a handbasket? Must be. That always seems to be the way it is. When, when the average schmo out there is like... 
starving to death when people can't afford to fill up the tank, when they can't afford to pay to buy medication, when they can't afford to put food on the table. That's why the market goes up, because those are the uh, people with the money. You're going to lose your ass, though. You'll see. You're going to, especially that S&P guy. I hope you lose your ass. I hope you lose every dime you ever had in your life, and and some others that you never had, just for good measure. Because you're such a smart ass. Oh, the S&P is up, me. Oh, the S&P good. You take all your money to the track, okay? I'll take a little bit to Woodbine and have a little bit of fun there. At least I get some entertainment. At least I get a show. At least I get a charade for my money. What do you get for it when you put it in with these grave robbers there on a gambling channel, these liars, these phonies? And you notice they're always peddling, because if everybody stops buying stock, they're out of business. Nobody's going to watch that dreck anymore if people stop. Uh, remember those days when everybody was doing the uh, gay uh, day trading? Oh, yeah. And those ads, that funky kid there with, I am Mr. President, you're arriving the way to the future. But remember that? Mm-hmm. With Bubba Eight on there. Riding the, yeah, that's right. That's exactly right. And that's how much they got left now after all those investments. Four, 656 vote. Like I said, you'll make 750. You got it? Got it. You're going to get it. Where? Biggest names. The best talent. This is Neil Rogers. Sports Radio 560 QAM. The sports leader. Oh, this is Arnold. This is not a tumor. It's the one to two hour. Welcome to my Welcome to my It's time for the log. Not a monologue. Not a dialogue. Not this kind of log. Not a Lincoln log. Not a captain's log. Not log cabin zero. No, it's not a log of anything worth your time listening to. So let's go to the log. That's not a dialogue. Not a pecan candy log. It's a log from the chocolate thunder from down under. I'm the chocolate thunder from down under. At ESPN, I made a little blunder. Smells a little bit gamey in here. From the sport hole open. I'm a chocolate thunder from down under. Well, yeah, I prefer chips, but working here I can't say nothing. Heat meatball, heat meatball, heat meatball, heat meatball, heat If you enjoyed that, stick around at 2 o'clock, man. we got two more hours of exactly that same. Look how many votes we got on the poll, if you look real quick. 666. 666. All right. Told you. George is the Antichrist. Oh, well. Or no, maybe Chris is the Antichrist. Is his <laughs> Talk to anybody. Oh. John Wiener writes, no, not, not John Wiener that you know, not Stu Gotts, on CommonDreams.org. Uh, By the way, Iraq. Yes? Rape's Not Funny is the one where Mo eats fetuses. Well, I can't play that, can I? Why not? Joyce didn't say anything about eating fetuses. Rape's Not Funny? Fetus a fetus. I actually got it. Welcome back to the Mo Howard David Show, where we're chock full of zany, but good, clean family fun. See? You know that pipe-smoking jizz guzzler thinks rape is funny? Like I said, 
Okay. What an idiot. Sure got deep into that bit, didn't we? About what, seven seconds? What an imbecile. John Wiener, not the John Wiener across the street, Stu Goss, whose daddy's got a lot of money and doesn't belong on the air. Clinton's Iraq vote five years later. CommonDreams.org. The fifth anniversary of the start of the Iraq war provides an appropriate moment to revisit Hillary Clinton's argument in favor of authorizing Bush's use of force and to contrast it with a case made at the time by Bush's opponents. In the past few years, Clinton has defended her vote by arguing that if I knew then what I know now, I would never have given President Bush the authority to attack Iraq. But a majority of Democrats in the House knew enough then to vote against the resolution, as did 21 out of 50 Democratic senators. In Clinton's Senate speech, she still posted on her Senate website, she began by accepting Bush's premise that if left unchecked, Saddam Hussein will continue to increase his capacity to wage biological and chemical warfare and will keep trying to develop nuclear weapons. The question, she said, was whether war was the appropriate means of stopping those developments. In supporting Bush, Clinton claimed to be taking a middle path between two extremes. On the one hand, those who believe we should go to war only if the U.N. Security Council approved it, which he considered absurd, and on the other hand, those who favored attacking Saddam Hussein now. But not even Dick Cheney and Donald Rumsfeld favored an immediate attack at the point the Senate debate occurred, October 2002, so she was rejecting an argument that nobody was making. Probably the biggest concession she made to Bush was accepting his argument that the war was a legitimate response to the attacks on 9-11, which had occurred just one year earlier. Although she didn't explicitly agree with Bush's statements linking al-Qaeda to Iraq, she did say her vote was justified by last year's terrible attacks, and that in balancing the risks of action versus inaction, I think New Yorkers who have gone through the fires of hell may be more attuned to the risk of not acting. I know that I am, she said. Other senators rejected precisely those arguments. Russ Feingold voted against the authorization to use force in part because of what he called the president's singularly unpersuasive attempt to interweave 9-11 and Iraq. He criticized the shifting justifications for an invasion, noting the spectacle of the president and senior administration officials citing a purported connection to al-Qaeda one day, weapons of mass destruction the next day, Saddam Hussein's treatment of his own people on another day. Ted Kennedy raised a key issue Clinton never considered. Going to war against Iraq, he said, will jeopardize the war against terrorism against al-Qaeda in Afghanistan. One year into the battle against al-Qaeda, the administration is shifting the focus, the resources, and the enemy to Iraq and the energy. The change in priority is coming before we've eliminated the threat from al-Qaeda, he said. While Clinton accepted Bush's claims regarding Saddam's possession of weapons of mass destruction, others rejected them. Jim Jeffords, Republican of Vermont, said, There's much speculation about his weapons of mass destruction, but no evidence that he's developed nuclear capability unless that he could ever deliver it. Robert Byrd opposed the resolution on other grounds, arguing that the newly bellicose mood that permeates the White House is clearly motivated by campaign politics. Republicans are already running attack ads against Democrats on Iraq. The criticism of Clinton was implicit but obvious. In the House, Nancy Pelosi proved to be prescient about the course of the war. There was no political solution on the ground in Iraq, she declared, so when we go in, the occupation which is now being called liberation could be interminable, and so could the amount of money unlimited that it will cost $100, $200 billion. Of course, the war is now costing more than ten times that. As for the dangers arising from a long occupation, that problem was foreseen by none other than Henry Kissinger. He testified at a Senate committee hearing before the war vote that he was viscerally opposed to a prolonged occupation of a Muslim country at the heart of the Muslim world by Western nations who proclaimed the right to re-educate that country. In Clinton's speech, she never considered that argument, says John Wiener. You know John Wiener? Yes. A real loser. Stu Gotts. How you doing, Stu Gotts? He never belonged on the air at QAM, and he sure as hell don't belong on the air over there. How are they doing over there? Does anybody hear about them anymore? No. No, anymore? No. Do you? 
No. Yeah, right. Well, since Joel Feinberg left, you know, they're uh, kind of the history, I guess. Barry Jackass has got nothing else to write, left to write about, except the boosters leaving, and maybe Kevin Rogers is going to be in that slot, or maybe the quarter slot guy will be in that slot, or whatever. 670, we finally got off that 666. Now, what are we uh, shooting for this hour, 750? I don't That's know. What you said. Well, it's a pretty rough assignment. We need 85 more vote. I don't think so. Now, ordinarily, you'd expect on this particular poll, easy four or 5,000, wouldn't you? Maybe 60,000 votes, if we had any audience out there. Of course, the audience is still, they're still doubled over in laughter about the beginning of the show this morning. So yeah. are we all. Oh, so, so ain't we all. Don't do that spot. We don't know if they're still in business. But I'm sure somebody wrote up the order, though. In fact, that's a good idea. What I'm going to do is I'm going to come down there and make a fortune just writing sliders. I'm going to find what we'll do is we'll take a, have people fax in and call in the names of every business that went out of business like in the last hundred years. And then we'll write up contracts for those businesses for like millions of dollars. How do you like that? All right. And then we'll split the commission with Andy. <laughs> See, the problem is You're you try to be guy. Mr. Nice Guy. You know, you put on this hard exterior, but you That's try to right. be a nice guy. I think you have it backwards. And you got these klutzes in there waddling around, pretending to be sales mm -hmm. holes who don't even know what the hell time the show is on, much less anything soft else. Soft on the outside and hard on the inside. Is that it? Mm -hmm. I don't want to hear about it. All right. 671 votes. Who do you think will be the next president? Now, did he? Did Eric just uh, change the way that's on there a little bit? Because I say think is now in capital letters and underlined. I guess that's to emphasize the fact that we're not asking, who do you support? Who would you like to see be the next president? But who do you think? In your heart of hearts, as the, they say. And you know who says that? A-holes say that in your heart of hearts. People who say stupid things like that need to be shot, need to be exterminated immediately. If anybody says to you, in your heart of hearts, man, that's it. Don't even ask. Right. Don't wait for Sounds another good. word. Ought to be a law. That's right. Barack Obama's got 275. John McCain, 182. Swillery's only got 96. Don't know, 86. And don't care, still 33. Out of 671 vote. Now, we should easily have two, 3,000 on there, even though the poll started late last night. But, they, you know, that would be back in the day when we had that huge audience. Back in the day when the Neil Rogers show was on the air. Mm -hmm. And why does Chris Matthews always call him Dick Cheney? Have you ever noticed that? Well, you don't watch Chris Matthews. Good move. He calls him Cheney. Do you know anybody else? I mean, I've heard of the Sheeny Elps, but not Cheney. You know anybody else who says that? Nope. nope. No. There's something wrong with Chris Matthews. Mainly, he don't belong on the ear, and a big part of that because he can't speak. He's another one who can't speak. He's got like a quaggle. Politics. He can't say uh, L. No. Politics. What? Uh, Vice President Dick Cheney, in a press conference during a surprise visit to Iraq, again stated that it was pretty clear there was a link between Iraq and Al-Qaeda before September 11th. <laughs> he just, he won't stop lying, man. He just keeps, we're dying because he won't stop lying. <laughs> Reminded of the release last week of an exhaustive Pentagon report which concluded there were no ties between Saddam Hussein and the terror network, Cheney answered, well, it says no operational link. But there was, as I recall from looking at it, extensive links with Egyptian Islamic Jihad. Egyptian Islamic Jihad was the organization headed by Zawahri, and he merged uh, EIJ with Al-Qaeda when he became the deputy director of Al-Qaeda, Osama bin Laden's number two. Now, was that a link between Iraq and Al-Qaeda? Cheney asked rhetorically, seems to me pretty clear that there was. 
When somebody else asked him to reiterate his specific claim, Cheney replied, You heard what I said. I was very precise. He is such a hard-ass man, a nasty butcher, a lunatic, a maniac, a bastard. The person who first prompted Cheney at the press conference about the link was Stephen Hayes, according to the White House's own transcript. Hayes, a conservative columnist and coincidentally the official biographer of Cheney, wrote a book entitled The Connection, How Al-Qaeda's Collaboration with Saddam Hussein has Endangered America, that made the same argument as the vice president about a purported link between Saddam and Al-Qaeda. Additionally, Hayes concluded a November 2003 article for the conservative Weekly Standard that there can no longer be any serious argument about whether Saddam Hussein's Iraq worked with Osama bin Laden and Al-Qaeda to plot against Americans. Last week, after the release of the Pentagon report, Hayes wrote another piece for the Standard, which insisted the report actually underscored Cheney's case rather than undermined it. As the watchdog site Media Matters notes, Cheney has previously referenced the writing of Hayes as supporting evidence for his Iraq kind of claim, and Hayes has been accused of being a longtime defender of the White House's Iraq policies. In an August 2007 appearance on HBO's Real Time with Bill Maher, a disgusted Timothy Robinson demanded to Hayes personally that he apologize for promoting Iraq propaganda on behalf of the Bush administration. As for Cheney... His Baghdad visit, which was accompanied by a series of bombings around the still dangerous area, marks the fifth anniversary of the U.S. invasion of Iraq, a conflict which has claimed hundreds of thousands of Iraqi lives and almost 4,000 U.S. troops at a financial cost of nearly half a trillion dollars. Good job. Well done, Cheney. You lunatic, you bastard, you liar. You butcher, you murderer, you murderer. You fair. Oh, God. purpose of this campaign is to build for the future, uh, n- not just to focus on 2008. It's to build alternative parties, build new democracy, uh, involve more people. Here comes another presidential promise maker. Says that he's known as a mover and a shaker. We knew he put his name into the race sooner or later. Hey, Ralph and Nader. Because I get things done. I've got a 40-year record here in Washington. Big money and the closing down of Washington against citizen groups prevent us from trying to improve our country. I want everybody to have the right and opportunity to improve their country. You lose your government, you got to go in the electoral arena. Spent many years as consumer advocator, now he's running in the race and defending crusader. Will he get the vote? Will there be any takers? Hey, Ralph and Nader. 117 at 560 WQ. I'm an old coot who just doesn't get the message, okay? Maybe I'm one of those people. Maybe I'm an old coot who doesn't get the message. You know what? Maybe I should just go away. Okay. All right. <laughs> what do you think? No. I think I need to just go away. Hop in that Pontiac, fill it up with gas, if I can afford it, and head for the hills. Head for Vancouver. It's a long drive. But I bet you it's really scenic. Yeah. Maybe out during the next break I'm going to go online and check out the... Because I don't know anything about the highways other than here in Ontario, you know, like the QEW, the Golden Horseshoe, they call it. Toronto, Hamilton... Niagara Falls, all, the, all these things. All of these things. But other than that, I don't know anything about the uh, highways across and the byways. I would imagine driving the... Uh, do you think they have an interstate across the whole country? Well, why not? Why wouldn't they? I'm sure they would, but I don't know. Driving through Las Montañas? I remember driving in uh, Arizona through the mountains many, many years ago. I was driving out to California and drove through those mountains, man. And there's there's those hairpin turns, you know? Yeah, those are good. Where if you... Huh? Those uh, suicide turns there. Yeah, well, if you make the wrong move, man, you're dead. If you, make, if you, if you lose attention just a little bit, if you reach over like to uh, push in a cigarette lighter, you know, or to t- uh, tune the radio, oh, geez, the wrong move. In fact, I remember one spot in the mountains where you actually had to come. There was a stop sign. And you're going along, and you have to, you have to stop and then, like, make a U-turn. You know what I mean? Yep, not, not a, a U-turn. U-turn. Yeah, a Q-turn. 
It was uh, pretty hairy. Delta Airlines, speaking of the economy and everything else being hairy, the reason the markets are way up is because the Fed's going to cut interest rates again today. I I knew there had to be something, you know. It couldn't be based on everything is so hunky-dory. Remember Jim Dory, number eight for Maple Leafs? Boy, was he a hot guy. Wow. Woo. Hey, Jimmy. He's got to be old and ugly now. Bell South Small Business simplifies your voice, data, and network experience so you can stay focused on what's important to you. Bell South offers the ease of one-stop shopping, reliability, and stability, all on the services your business needs, all on one bill with significant savings. You will have the expertise on your side with a Bell South Small Business expert. Bell South Small Business will work closely with you to quickly create solutions that are right for your small business. Call Bell South now at 866-49. That's why everything is going up. Food. Air, uh, air fares, everything going crazy because of Bush and his Saudi buddies there. Bandar Bush, my ass. In 2002, Delta said it had 822 employees in South Florida, mostly in reservations. Executives at Atlanta-based Delta said in a memo to employees that the airline's goal is to cut 2,000 frontline administrative and management jobs through the voluntary program, attrition, and other initiatives. Delta spokeswoman Betsy Talton said that if more than that amount agree to take the voluntary severance, that will be allowed. The severance program primarily affects mainline Delta employees. It won't affect Delta pilots who have a union contract with the company or employees of Delta regional carrier Comair, which is based in Erlinger, Kentucky. Comair, my ass. You ever fly one of those little puddle jumpers? No, I can't say I've had the uh, puddle. Oh, my God. Woo! Okay, pull your feet back. We're going to close the door now. And then that is a direct quote, okay? I'm not making that up. Pull your feet back. We're going to close the door. One of them little tiny puddle jumpers, you know? Like you fly from Fort Lauderdale to Orlando, for example. One part of the program is for employees who already are eligible for retirement or for those whose age and years of service add up to at least 60 with 10 or more years of service. The other part of the program is an early out offer for for, for our frontline employees, such as flight attendants. I can't. I I keep thinking about that uh, start of the show today. Don't do the spot. We're not sure if they're still in business. In the history of the radio industry, there has never been a moment like that. And just moments before we're going to start the show, and I'm like, uh, what? The other part of the program is an early out offer for frontline employees, such as flight attendants and gate and ticket agents, with 10 or more years of service, and for administrative and management employees with one or more years of service. Delta had 55,044 full-time employees as of the end of the last year. Oil prices, by recently cracking $111 a barrel, reached nearly twice what they were a year ago. Thank you again, Mr. President. You're really helping us out. You and your Saudi buddies. You and your uh, robber barons. How's Stan Baron? He's still alive, I hope. The memo from Chief Executive Richard Anderson and President Ed Bastian did not mention Delta's talks with Northwest Airlines Corp. about a combination that would create the world's largest airline. Bastian was updating investors today at the conference in New York. We're focused on addressing our challenges, he said. The conference, we're moving quickly. We're focused on performance. But a beep, but a boop, but a bop, yeah. Oh, and speaking of that, this thing about the New York governor. Now, George was all whipped up to a frenzy about this before the show today. I was? About uh, David Patterson, the New York governor, admitting that he and his wife have both uh, screwed around. Oh, I was whipped up about the media, not about... Uh... That. No, that's what I'm saying. You're up about the story. The fact that the media can't, they can't get their nose out of everybody's crotch, right, okay? Right, right. They're like dogs. They're like what? Dogs? Dogs. You know how they like to sniff a crotch? They do. Don't they? Not mine. Or just stand still long enough. Or a cat that has to rub itself up against your leg. Oh, God, there's nothing, there is nothing like a kitty cat. Meow. Mm-hmm. Kill it. Put it out of its misery. Meow. 
Just hours after he received a standing ovation from lawmakers change, uh, chanting his name, I thought that was said changing his name. Well, after the story, maybe he'd like to. New York's newly sworn governor was answering questions about straying, speaking of stray cats, from his own marriage. David Patterson became the state's first black chief executive and the nation's second legally blind governor almost exactly a week after allegations first surfaced that now former Governor Elliot Spitzer was client nine of a high-priced call girl service. Again, that's client nine. Patterson told the Daily News of New York that he maintained a relationship with another woman from 99 to 2001 during a rough patch in his marriage. He and his wife eventually sought counseling and repaired the relationship. A couple agreed to speak publicly about their marriage, and I'm going to sneeze again. Oh, no. Hey. <laughs> the couple hey, agreed to speak public. Will you uh, stop? I'm getting back into the story now. You just keep uh, interrupting my uh, thing. The couple agreed to speak publicly about their marriage in response to rumors about Patterson's personal life. They've been swirling in Albany since Pitzer resigned. Patterson and his wife, Michelle, acknowledged to the newspaper they each had affairs, but didn't go into details. This was a marriage that appeared to be going sour at one point, Patterson told the Daily News, but I went to counseling and we decided we want to make it work. Michelle is well aware of what went on. A spokesman for the governor, Errol... Oh, I can't say it. I just can't read it. Good. A spokesman for the governor, Errol Cockfield, did not immediately reply late Monday to an email... <laughs> Or a telephone call seeking comment about Patterson's interview with the news. That's his name, okay? <laughs> Hours before the interview, Patterson outlined a message of unity in a state eager to move past his predecessor's sordid and speedy political collapse. We move forward. Today is Monday. There's work to be done, Patterson said. There was an oath to be taken. There's trust needs to be restored. There are issues that need to be addressed. Spitzer, according to X-Aids, was at his Columbia County farmhouse, 48 miles south at the time of Patterson's swearing-in. I bet you Spitzer was doing a lot of swearing, too. Too bad. Where Spitzer's 14-month tenure was marked by partisan sniping, Patterson, a fellow Democrat, reached across the aisle in his remarks to, from the ornate assembly chamber. The crowd gave the new governor a two-minute standing ovation and chanted, David, David, David. What, we're, what uh, we are going to do from now on is what we all should have done along, all along, the former state senator said. We're going to work together. Legislators gave Patterson hearty applause when he called for cooperation and laughs when he made playful jabs at Republican leaders, but a beat, but a boop, but about all of these are things. Now, are we going to make that 750 or what, Mr. Pullman? We're going to do it. 696, we need 54 votes in uh, 35 minutes. I think it's a, tough, it's a tough challenge. We're going to do it. And let me say it again, it doesn't bode well for the future of this program, man, especially after they tell us don't do the spot, they're not in business anymore. I, you know, I, I would have thought that we we're such grave robbers, we wouldn't have cared whether they're in business or not. You know what I mean? Although, right. although I, I can envision that I might have presented some logistical problems down the road. Maybe they could have opened up just just for some of our listeners. Special. Biggest <laughs> name. The best talent. This is Neil Rogers. Sports Radio 560 QAM. The sports leader. Little boy. Tonight on Headline News, Nancy Grace interviews Irish troublemaker, the leprechaun, one on one. I'm going to expose you for what you are, my little green friend. Nancy Grace is relentless. Isn't it true that you have engaged in fraudulent activity for centuries? No, Lassie. I'm not ripping people off. People are always trying to steal my money. Oh, I say, you promise a pot of gold, but don't deliver. Now, you're the victim. You, sir, how 
do you sleep at night? The truth comes out when Nancy Grace has you in her crosshairs. So, you think it's all right to use a rainbow, a symbol of hope, to lure folks into one of your sinister money schemes? There's nothing sinister about a rainbow. It's because you're really just a fairy. Isn't that right, Mr. Leprechaun? Fairy? Who are you calling a fairy? You fairy. <laughs> There'll be no luck of the Irish for this leprechaun when he gets grilled by Nancy Grace tonight on Headline News. 132 at 560 WQM. Happy Tuesday to you. It's almost poor, man. It's almost spring. Right? Right. It's almost spring. April. Almost April Fool's Day. What day is April 1? Tuesday. It's two weeks from today. Okay. That's right, because there's 31 days in March. Even I can figure that out. Mm-hmm. So a week for two weeks from tomorrow today is April Fool's Day. Guess what? I'm not coming in that day. A- April Fool. You'll find out. All right. John Nichols in The Nation writes, Karen Thurman, Howard Dean, and the Florida fiasco. Always Election always means fiasco in Florida. That's what the F stands for, fiasco. Florida Democratic Party Chair Karen Thurman announced by email Monday afternoon that her wrong the now see this isn't even written right that the her wrongheaded proposal Jesus God Almighty can't even on the nation can't they get their uh, things right she announced by email Monday that the uh, wrongheaded proposal to select the state's delegates to this summer's Democratic National Convention in June vote by mail primary has been scrapped that's good John Nichols says. Unfortunately, Thurman tried to suggest that the rejection of the main vote proposal meant that nobody wanted a real primary. We spent the weekend reviewing your messages, and while your reasons vary widely, the consensus is clear. Florida doesn't want to vote again, Thurman wrote, so we won't. A party-run primary or caucus has been ruled out, and it's simply not possible for the state to hold another election, even if the party were to pay for it. Thurman is wrong, he says. (coughs) There are plenty of Floridians who understand that their state needs to hold a real primary, unlike the dysfunctional mess that Thurman and her compatriots arranged in January, just as there are plenty of honest Democrats in the camps of both Hillary Clinton and Barack Obama who recognize that delegates selected in the state's January 29th fake primary ought not to be seated at this summer's Democratic National Convention. That January vote was won by Clinton after she appeared in Florida on the eve of the primary, technically for a fundraiser, but in reality for a photo op designed to boost her candidacy in violation of a pledge by all the candidates to avoid campaigning there. Even Clinton backers know that to force the seating of a delegation selected under such circumstances would, if that delegation tipped the balance toward the New York senator, rip the party apart. For a good long while now, it's been difficult to determine the identity of the more destructive player in this whole charade, Democratic National Chairman Howard Dean, who seemed to be more concerned about how much a new primary might cost than about ensuring a smooth end to a testy nomination fight, or Thurman, who's been unwilling to propose and promote the straightforward primary that's the only rational fix for the Florida fiasco. Dean is no hero, but now it's clear that Thurman is the greatest threat to the Democratic Party's 2008 prospects at this point. If Democrats have a crisis at their convention, and that crisis costs them the White House in November, much of the blame will rest with her, Karen Thurman. In 2000, we had, uh, what's her name, uh, Teresa Lepore with a butterfly ballot, and Jeffster's girlfriend there, Catherine Harris, that bitch. And now we got uh, this bitch. It just never ends, does it? Well, How come Michigan can redo the primary on the 3rd of June? They're like on the verge of making it official. They're going to like just rehold a, a primary. Because they ain't us. Oh. Nobody is us. That's Florida. That should be uh, there's, um, the motto. When you cross the state, there should be gigantic billboards with big flashing signs. There ain't nobody like us. Thank God. We put the duh in Florida, as somebody I know would say. 
708. You're not going to make it, mister. You're going to come up short. What are you talking about? We're going to do it. How did you come up with a number like 750 anyway, you idiot? 709. I'm sorry. We need 41 votes in 25 minutes. Ain't going to happen. We can do it. I mean, this is just a presidential poll, for crying out loud. In the midst of that's all anybody is talking about, that and uh, Brittany and uh, John uh, Paul McCartney's uh, divorce. I mean, what else could it possibly be is this. And who's going to get the, the right homentation for uh, Purim? Now, what's the official day? Friday, is that it? Did we decide? Right. Friday is Purim. So I think what we'll do all week long is just play this. Happy Purim! Happy Purim! Happy Purim! Don't you think it's a good idea? Sounds great. And then, of course, coming soon... Have the decent Pesach. Right. It's Pesach. Let's get some Pesadiki candy, what do you say? Pesadiki candy, my ass. I mean, when, when is the madness stop? When is the lunacy stop with all you religious crazy people, including my neighbor there? I forgot to rip her again today. There, there, I, can't, I can think of a few things worse than having a neighbor who wants to proselytize and try to force mm -hmm. their religion onto your ass. You know what I mean? 710 on the pool. They're, they're, they're floating in by the ones. There are two chances that you're going to make 750 by 2 o'clock, Chris. What's that? None and much less than none. We're going to do it. Confidence not only is low, it's non-existent. And in a pool like this, on a day like this, when we start out by saying, don't read the spot, we're not sure if they're in business anymore. Maybe we ought to take out a big ad in the Herald and the Sun Sentinel, full-page ad. We thank all our fine sponsors for the patronage, but some of them aren't in business anymore. So be very cautious. Be afraid. 712 votes. See, there's another one. Ye of little faith. They're crawling in here by the ones. Told you. Seven, 712 still. What do you think that is? Maybe George chased the whole audience away last week. You know I did. No, you did not. I heard you had great shows last week. Sensational calls is what I heard. <laughs> Unbelievable phone smoking. calls. Calls were... Unbelievable. Now, when are you going to Gulfstream again? Friday the 28th. Really? Yep. Well, that's good. Friday the 28th? Mm-hmm. Well, that's not going to work out because that's the day I'm leaving early. Yeah, well, how are we going to do that? I guess you're going to do the show from there. Why, why is that so impossible? Why do you make it, why do you make it sound like it um, uh, can't be done? I'm not going to have any of these doodads. So? I guess I'll have somebody here Chris doing that. Chris can handle the doodads. He's been around right. long enough. We'll get some other body in here to play. Uh, it's only going to be like calls. one hour, I think. I think I'm leaving at one that day. I, I don't know. Okay. I have to check my schedule. We'll figure something see out. see if uh, Jolly Joe approves, of course, or whether we have to have another uh, right. interrogation, an inquisition. I, I think so. I think it's unacceptable to leave me out there all by myself, especially during the racing time. Who's going to guide me through? Here you go. It's the Trans-Canada Highway to and from Toronto. Eh? Somebody just faxed me this. Thank you so much. And the print is so small... The Trans-Canada route in Ontario follows three routes. The northern route, which moves from Thunder Bay to Nipigon and uh, northward through the uh, province's uh, mining communities, including Capus Casing. I've heard of that. Oh, I always wanted to go through Capus Casing. I might stop and hang out there. The central route described earlier traverses from Thunder Bay to Sault Ste. Marie and following the Voyager route through uh, Sudbury, North Bay, Mattawa, and Ottawa. Down to Montreal. Well, I should have, that's the wrong direction. And the southern route curves from Sudbury along Highway 69 along the eastern shore of Georgian Bay through Perry Sound to Aurelia. It then switches to Highway 12. Along. I don't think there is like a main um, interstate. You know what I mean? 
No, I know what you mean. Highway. Like a whole big Heading big. west. If you're heading west toward the Rockies in Vancouver, you'll need to get from Toronto to Sudbury, where you can connect to the main Trans-Canada route. From Toronto, you take Highway 400 north to Berrien, Aurelia, and it goes on and on and on and on. Highway 69 is being upgraded into a four-lane divided highway to make it easier for Torontonians and truckers to connect to the rest of the country. Boys, it's quite a... In fact, you know what? I better leave now. Yeah. The best talent. This is Neil Rogers. I'm on my way to Crackers Station, baby. QAM. The sports leader. It is so great. I can vibrate. We got the toys in Texas. Glad I can. Who needs a man? We got the toys in Texas. I've got a habit, my little rabbit. We got the toys in Texas. Haven't heard the buzz. It's all because we got the toys in Texas. All right. It's the sixth race at the Meadows with Screaming Whale and Roger Houston at the Meadows in Meadowlands, Pennsylvania. I've been there. How do you like that? All right. You wouldn't want to go there. It's south of Pittsburgh. It's like out in the middle of, uh, it's like in Yenemsville. It's like right. out in the country, you know? There's Dave Malone, two to one on the lead, baby. When they come in the stretch, he's going to puke his guts out. Maybe not. What do you think? You like the set? Yeah, like so. Pick a number, George. Come on. 7412 is how they're sitting right now as they approach the half. Seven. Pick a number, George. Seven. Seven. He's, a, he's in the lead. I mean, that's, and that's Dave Pallone, the top driver in the universe, baby. On to the backside, lofty looker second. Black and red up on the outside. How about black and blue? Transport. Lego muscles outside fifth. Amadeus Hall shoveled back six. Now, this is a mythical bet. How much you want to bet? A hundred bucks to win on the seven? Sounds great. Down the back side. He's got about a two-length On the front, Joe Votoshabra's opened up by two and a quarter. Lofty looker second. Three quarters, one pouring down rain there, by the way. Pouring like the end of the world. Three back side. A little more than eight to go. If I was you, I'd, I'd take that ticket right now head for the window and cash. Black and red fourth. Lego muscles fifth. Into the straps they come. Chelbo to Chambre with the lead. Lofty looker second. Ducking to the right. No cash, line. George. Closing his eye to the wire. Chelbo to Chambre. To Chambre. The insane Roger Houston. Hey, you won by about three lengths. Easy. All right. Two to one is about a six dollar. So you're going to get about 300 bucks back for your hundred. All right. You're going to get a mythical 300 back for your mythical hundred. Not bad. Wow. How is Chris doing here? Not too well on your pool, man. I thought I thought you could do it, but you just let We're me do down. It. You let me down bad. We're gonna do after it I, after I pulled you through yesterday with a big turnout. We need nineteen in like uh, fifteen minutes. Nineteen and seven thirty-one. We uh, got fourteen minutes for nineteen votes. Oh, we can do that. Told you. Piece of cake, baby. With this crowd, easy. Rush to your computer now. If there's somebody else sitting at a, a PC, just shove them out of the way, man. Shove them on the floor. See, I got to go to neilrogers.com and vote in that poll right now. For Barack Obama, or who, for whoever, you know, whoever you think is going to win. Sean Diddy Combs and manager Jimmy Henchman Rosemond issued quick and angry denials about an L.A. Times report that we talked about yesterday, claiming that they were behind the 94 shooting of Tupac Shakur at Quad Recording Studios in Times Square. The story is beyond ridiculous and completely false, Diddy said in a statement Monday. 
Neither Biggie Smalls, the rapper at the center of Combs Bad Boy Productions Company, nor I had any knowledge of any attack before, during, or after it happened. It's a complete lie to suggest that there was any involvement by Biggie or myself. I'm shocked that the L.A. Times would be so irresponsible as to publish such a baseless and completely untrue story. Rosemond, that's a henchman, Rosemond, now CEO of Zara Entertainment, said in a statement, In the past 14 years, I haven't even been questioned by law enforcement with regard to the assault of Tupac Shakur, let alone brought up on charges. But you know what? Pete Duddy, Diddy, Daddy, he still sucks. He's got no talent. He's a, he's a jerk. Plus, wasn't he married for about five minutes to J-Lo? Yep. Hey, Puffy. You fairy. Relying on information from unidentified FBI informants in other interviews, the LA Times report claims that Rosemont orchestrated the attack on Shakur November 30th, 94, as a response to perceived disrespect from the rapper. Oh, you're disrespecting me. You're dissing me, baby. Well, according to the Times, the attack was supposed to be a beating of Shakur disguised as a robbery, but escalated once Shakur pulled out a gun, resulting in him being shot five times. They hit him with five shots, and he's still dead. Regardless of who started it, the incident touched off an East Coast, West Coast rival. It goes on again, that crap about the East Coast rappers against the West Coast rappers and all that other crap, man. All that other swill. Jesus, K. Christ. And you wonder why people get upset about that, that that passes for any kind of, like, pop culture or black culture or any other kind of subculture in America? It's subhuman is what it is. It's crap. Not to mention the fact that none of that is music, but that's beside the point. Remember when we had something called music? Yeah. yeah. I remember that. Long ago. 737, man. On the poll. I'll give you the result if you promise to get to 750. 741. Oh, you're going to do it now. Easy. we got 11 minutes and you need nine votes. Any, any, any clown could do that. I bet you even, I bet you even, uh, what's it, Footsie could do that. Speaking of clowns. Now, do you think that's his real nose or one of them uh, a glue, glue on? on clown noses, you know? Like Clarabelle had. Remember Clarabelle and Howdy Doody? Yes. And who was the other clown, the famous clown from Chicago? What was his name? Bozo. Was that him? Bozo? With that's the, who, uh, Woody. Bozo, that's him all right. A real bozo. What's the best burger? Uh, uh, we're going to do this poll for 75 weeks. Jesus Christ, that's a radio show. And we used to work on that station, too, WYOD. I'm ready to call up Rick Robe, uh, Reggie Roby. Roby Young. Reggie Roby Young. And have him call there and give them what for? <laughs> Roby's still dead, by the way. Isn't that a shame? No. No, it's not. He was, he's a real, he was a real case, man. I could tell you stories about Roby Young that would make, make your hair go uh, dark again. 748 votes were right on the cusp of the 750. There is no doubt. Even Chris is fully confident. He's put away the whip now. Uh-huh. We're in the stretch with a 10-length lead. He put away the whip, and he's just sitting there very confidently handwriting to the wire. And I uh, hope we don't go over the hub rail. The what? The rail. Oh. The hub rail, okay? Who do you think will be the next president? It's too bad about uh, Pompano Park, you know? That's really a shame. After all of those years, you know, we got no, no, no connection, no, like, like I don't even exist anymore. Of course, that's generally not just with them, it's like with everybody. What did I have to do with 750? We didn't. What? What did I have to do with 750? What are you talking about? The 750 votes. What about it? What does that have to do with that? We got 752. Uh oh, look at that. Who do you think will be our next president? That's our poll question today on NeilRogers.com. Barack, not who do you uh, rooting for, not who you pulling it for. Who do you think? 
think. Barack Obama, 312. John McCain, 205. Don't 100. And Hillary, 100. Swillery. I don't know Swillery. I don't want to. And don't care up to 35. Out of 752. Boy, the audience sure came through for you nice there at the ass end. Thank you, everybody. Yeah, thank you so much, everybody, for coming through. This is a poll we should have 25,000 votes on, for crying out loud, if it was like back in the day when we used to be on a real radio station that wasn't talking about Mahjong and, uh, and Periwinkle uh, bullcrap. My God. They talk about such foolishness, man. It's like watching people play cards. It's the same thing all over again. Oh, it's the big poker tournament. Uh... I'm going to tell you, you, you knew that there was no hope for the human race when people started watching other people playing cards on TV. Now, I did admit that there was that bridge guy. He used to have a thing in the newspaper every day, Charles Gorin. He was the expert on bridge. Mm -hmm. There was a show called Championship Bridge with a very dramatic announcer with a deep voice. And, and that was on the early days of television because there was nothing else to put on. You know, they were struggling for our stuff. They were struggling. They were struggling. They were struggling like the struggling lady, right. But now you think just because we have 7,000 stations, there must be something else going on to put on TV, like maybe uh, naked people or something like that. Maybe some real hot people. Like, what was that show? Are you hot? Right. Some of them were, and they took it right off the air. We don't want to put too many hot people on here because then it gets everybody excited, and they start reproducing, and, like, all kinds of bad crap happens. Man. It's day oh. in Miami town. Huh? At Bye.